Hello and welcome to Robot Dice Explosion. I'm Ben. I'm Ollie. And we are back after another long break. Uh, it turned out not quite so easy to record with uh, a 10 month old as I th- hoped it might be after the last one. Yeah, I'm sure we'll work it out eventually. Yeah, I think so. We're, today we're trying to do something a little bit different. So we're not actually in the same room. We are um, in two different places across Hampshire recording remotely. So hopefully this will actually allow us to do a podcast a little bit more frequently, which would be nice. It would be good. Um, yeah. so. Considering we're, this is what our ninth episode, maybe, well, yeah, ninth actual numbered episode, uh, and it's been more than a year <laughs> since we started. We so. were hoping to do it slightly more regularly than that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this one is a slightly delayed uh, coverage of our UK Games Expo experience, uh, largely focused on the Bushido Grandmasters tournament. Yes. But uh, so, so, so we're going to we we, we normally or I say normally last year we did a before and after of the tournament. This year we've had to do it slightly differently. We're only doing an after of the tournament. Because the day that we turned up to uh, to our Airbnb, that was, was fun. Clusterfuck. <laughs> um, so we turned up and found there were people already in the house, which was interesting. Yeah. Well, you turned up. Yeah, actually, yeah, that yeah. We were still we, driving we, up. Yeah, we went. We went up separately. I turned up with my wife first, not having any of the details of the booking except for the address. Yeah, because Adam done all the booking, but he was yes. in my car. So we turned up, and I'm like, are you sure that's the house? Because there's people in there, and it looks weird. <laughs> so we go and knock on the door, and they're like, oh, is this the Airbnb? And they're like, uh, it is a house you can book, but we've booked it? Yeah, they got it through booking.com, I think. Yes. So, so this was at about half past six, quarter to seven? It was about yeah, it was in about yeah, it was about you turned up, guys turned up at seven, so we were there at a quarter to seven or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And so, there's six of us. It's the eve, first day of UK Games Expo, and we are near Coventry and have nowhere to stay. Yeah, uh, so we went through the whole um, support thing. Adam was very good and uh, was on the phone for a while, uh, and of course, Airbnb were like, "Okay, well, we've refunded you your money. Great." Uh, now you just need to go and book somewhere else. Like, hold, hold, hold on a second. It's approaching half seven. We've got nowhere to stay. And you're lucky on Airbnb if you get a reply from a host within like six to 12 hours. Yeah, it's definitely not going to happen inside the next 15 minutes. Yeah, who's going to have a six-bed place, or five-bed, I suppose, six, yeah. the, at, at like two hours' notice or whatever? So we had to go through a whole thing, but eventually we got uh, we got a travel lodge, three room, last three rooms in travel lodge. But they were all next to each other, and it was actually not really further away than the Airbnb would have been. Yeah, I mean, it didn't have a piano room. But, but that's uh, true, which was very disappointing. I uh, never witnessed the piano room, of course. So Yeah, it might have been, might have been dis- disappointing. But, it have been um, shit, yeah. I actually, all things considered, I thought Airbnb did pretty well. I, they did eventually. I think they were just going through their process. Yeah, but it didn't take them that long to arrive at a point where they could tell us this is how much money we are going to give you. Yeah. So. so so we didn't lose any money on the actual accommodation. I, I do wonder because it wasn't self-catering anymore. 
whether we might lose some money there. But I, I mean, I'm still waiting for the bill from Adam, to be honest. Um, yeah, and I don't think it was too bad, but it, it was it was more the frustration and this slight turning oh, up. Yeah. It's like, oh, we have nowhere to stay. Yeah, so we obviously we didn't have time to record. Oh, hey, this is what my list is for Bushido and uh, what I hope it will do. Well, also half the group had no idea what they were playing until that <laughs> until the next morning. To be fair, I think Adam and uh, James both decided the morning of the tournament. James was still choosing between factions. Oh well, I, th- I think Adam was as well. I think he brought his temple and his ninjas, and James <laughs> brought his Minamoto and his uh, cult of your eye. Well, it's a good thing those weren't the two that did best out of us. Then, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, to be fair, I made my list on the Thursday on Thursday evening based out of what is the easiest to print cards out for, and what requires me to do the least. Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, I play-tested a couple of versions of my list, and I thought it was actually pretty good. But we will talk about our lists, or at least we will play a recording that we took two weeks ago of our lists. Yes. It is in the Travel Lodge, uh, so the, the, the sound audio, the sound quality is not very good. Um, I mean, the last thing to say about the Travel Lodge, actually, was after the tournament, we lifted the mattress off of my bed, my yep. double bed, and it made a really good table for Scythe. Yes, yes, that was a great game, actually. So it seems to be coming uh, a tradition for us to play Scythe the night after the tournament. Yeah, we've done it. Well, we've done it the twice, the two times, three times, two times we've gone. It's only two times, but as far as I'm concerned, that that now means it's a tradition. Yes. Um, eventually, Graham will actually learn the rules. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can hope. <laughs> to be fair, we, several of us, not everyone, was getting quite drunk. Um, yes, so let, but let's blame it on that. But but the combat rules are not that complicated, and yeah. he was in a combat very free, like the most out of everyone, and repeatedly <laughs> got different things wrong. Yes, this is this is true. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, so uh, most of us, so so you and your wife arrived on uh, Friday morning uh, for the UK Games Expo. The rest of us came Friday evening to to go on the Saturday and, yeah, and the yeah, Sunday. We, we arrived at like one or something sure. like that. And you actually ended up not going on the Sunday. Yes. So um, what was your, what did you get up to on the Friday? So Friday, I mean, the best thing about arriving Friday, I just like to say is that the queue to get your passes and tickets are non-existent. Yes. You just walk up and get it. Yeah. I think next year we'll um, buy all the tickets on one card or yeah, something. Yeah, and just get you to collect all of them. I would make way more sets. Yeah. Um, so we basically did that, and then we just walked around and had a look okay. at all of the things. We didn't really have – well, I didn't have anything in particular I wanted to look at. I think – I mean, there was – we picked, we bought two games that day as well. Okay. Um, so we bought Wingspan, which people might have heard of. Uh, yeah. Very new game, Stone Meyer Games. Um, you are effectively collecting birds. Um, it's an engine building game. There's a card for each bird, and it does a thing. Okay, so um, um, it's it's Stonemaier Games, but is it designed by uh, Stegmaier? No. Okay, so it's one it, that they've published. Yes, it's okay. uh, it's an all female design team. Oh, cool. Um, female artist, female designer, all of that. Um, it um, people might have heard there was some, a bit of controversy with it because. He put it into production, yeah, and ordered it all and had it all made, 
And then after he placed the order and production was started, New York Times ran a review of it where he heavily recommended it. Okay. Which meant that um, demand went through the roof, but of course there was no more copies to be made. So no oh. one could buy it. <laughs> okay. Um, so for a, a short period of time, it was going for two, three, four times the recommended retail price of the second-hand oh, market. Um, and I mean, it's a lovely game. It's very pretty. It's not a game I would buy for that much money. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a, it's a weird situation, that, because you kind of expect people to just go, oh, we'll wait until it's available again. If there's this much demand, it'll probably get a second run. Yeah, which it did. Yeah. Was it initially published by uh, Stonewire? Yes. Okay. Yes, and he's done a second, maybe even a third printing, I'm not okay. sure. He's got a really interesting uh, blog about games design and the also the games design industry, like that aspect of the industry. Yeah. And publishing yeah. and freelance, uh, working with freelancers and so on. It, um, there's loads of articles on there, more than I've actually had a chance to, write, uh, to, to read. Yes, but it's, it's definitely worth having a look at. Yeah. He also has some interesting business models things he does. Like there's a, what are they called? You can, you can basically have a, he has sort of runs like a club where you get uh, the ability to pre-purchase stuff and things like that. Oh, okay. I can't remember what it's called though. Yeah, I think, I think it's worth checking out um, his, the, well, it's the Stonemeyer Games website. Uh, yes. I'm typing things into Google. Yeah, it's literally stonemeyergames.com. So it's easy enough to find. Uh, and I think you just go to the blog there and there's all sorts of interesting stuff. Really worth a read. Uh, so yes. you've played the game um, since? We've, I've played it three times now. Okay, cool. Um, um, it's it's very good. Um, as any good engine builder, it's, you don't quite get to do what you wanted to do. It's okay. almost always there. It's like, oh, if I just had one more action to do things with, yeah, this would be way better. Um, so, but that's the whole point. Um, and the other thing we picked up, um, well, I tell a lie, we didn't actually buy that on the Friday. Uh, it was bought Saturday after my wife had a demo of it. But we bought the um, Fantasy Flight's Lord of the Rings Journey Through Middle Earth. Yep. Which is if people have played their Mansion of Madness or um, Imperial Assault, it's like that, but with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I think I'm actually meant to be playing it with a couple of guys from the club on Tuesday. Yes, um, so it's it's another app based cooperative adventuring game. Yeah, but this time designed with uh, with the app in mind from the very start. Um, yes, but. So is a Mansion of Madness is on its second edition, and that has been designed with the from for the app from the ground up as well. Sure, okay. Uh, Imperial Assault, I don't think was. No, I think that was it very is. It, yes, it's way better with the app. I did not particularly enjoy it without because there were some some issues with how long you had to do missions in. Yeah, like after a certain amount of rounds, you would just lose, which was frustrating. Yeah, I remember we, we've had a few conversations about uh, about the Star Wars game. Uh, yeah, it does. It, it just sounds like it's, it's, it's much improved by. Uh, it it, by it is. It, it's 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 very entertaining with the app. 
Um, it runs. It has different game mechanics than the other two. Uh, each of them have had different mechanics. Mm. This one is all card based. So by this, you're talking about the Lord of the Rings game, now. Yes, yeah. yes, the Lord of the Rings game. Um, and you pick different heroes. My only complaint is that you have there's six heroes in it, something like that. You've got Bilbo, Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas, mm-hmm. and then two random women. And this, so these are characters much like the Hobbit films that they they've made up, or are they actual characters from Lord of the Rings? I I didn't know them. Okay. I mean, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, notoriously a bit of a sausage fest. So, you know. Yes, but my point was more like, it would have been great if you just gave me six new heroes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it is the right approach to, to provide some female characters. Uh, oh, yeah, no, no, no. That, that is, yeah, but, but it's more that why give me four, quote-unquote, legendary heroes and then two random women? Yeah. Especially because it doesn't seem like there's any particular reason why those four characters would be in the story anyway. Yeah. I mean, so, you would have thought with Lord of the Rings, I mean, uh, you've got, I mean, Arwen, at least in the tabletop game, she was given a lot more, um, perhaps, sort yes. of power and agency than she really had in the book. Well, it's been so long since I read Lord of the Rings. And then, of course, Galadriel, who's pretty much the most powerful person on... Uh, yeah, you can't really stick her in the game, I don't think. No, I mean, she'd, she'd kick Gandalf's ass, is the impression I get. So, it's probably... Yeah, that's, more, that's, that's more or less the implication, yes. So, yeah, oh, but... I've just discovered this has got a mute button, which is great, because I'm ill and I can cough, and you won't hear it. Ah, excellent. Winner. Uh, so, you, um, so you've played uh, the Lord of the Rings game a, a few times or just once since? Yeah, we've started two campaigns. Oh, right. So I've done, so I've done the first two linked missions twice. Okay. Um, yeah, different? So it hasn't been this... The first mission... It effectively has two types of missions. There's overland missions and then battle maps. Right. And the overland stuff have been quite different between the two different times we've tried it. Um, the battle map has been the same, but it's also very short. Okay. Well, I mean, if I'm playing it this Tuesday, we should uh, we should come back together and uh, and have another chat about it. Yes. This is what we both think. Um, it's hard enough to describe a game to someone, uh, <laughs> let alone when you're not in the same place. So, you know, oh yeah. Do that. I mean, I've I've also I took delivery of a a Kickstarter, the uh, the Oco Chronicles. Uh, board game. Okay, it's based, yeah. it's based on a. Uh, it's a French comic uh, graphic novel which is set in Japan, and I backed it ages ago. Before they they were about to do um, a re-release of the whole all four volumes of this graphic novel as a single hardback book, and yeah. uh, I was like, oh well, I I really like the artwork, so I want to get that. The setting is you know right up my alley. So I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll get that, and I'll get the board game at the same time. Then completely forgot about the uh, the graphic novel re-release, and then that sold out <laughs> everywhere. So now I can't get that, and I've left with a board game where I'm like, I don't know these characters, and this is this is literally set during the events of the, of the graphic novel. So, so uh, a character-driven board game where no one knows the characters. Yeah, I mean, it's set in. Uh, sorry, it's set in. It's still in its cellophane. So I'm I'm sort of 
umming and ahhing about whether I sell it on or whether I keep it. The problem with it for me is um, it, it occupies this uh, this niche, which is it's five players, technically two to five players, but you have four player characters and then the bad guy. Oh, and this yeah. is exactly the thing that we have with the Turtles board game, the original uh, Kickstarter from a few years back, where you can play between two and five players, but you don't really want to play with like three. Well, you can play with do with two, three, or five. Four is just a bit weird because then someone has to be like a couple of the good guys and two other people should take the other two. It just it just feels a bit weird. More so probably yes. in the Turtles one where there's a lot of dice sharing mechanics and so on, which I think if you're sharing dice with yourself becomes a little, maybe not less interesting because it's an interesting mechanic, but I don't know, just we haven't no, played I, Turtles. I, like my wife and I love Turtles. And we have, they, we, I, I can testify to this. There's yeah. turtle stuff everywhere. It's true. Um, so <laughs> the fact that we've only played that game maybe twice since we got it, um, probably shows that I probably should get rid of Oko because it's a similar distribution of players. The mechanics yeah. are absolutely different. There's some interesting stuff where the bad guy is an Oni and he in, he is uh, impersonating, disguised as a character. Not a player character, okay. but one of the characters in the castle which we're infiltrating. And yeah. Part of the game is finding out who he is. So it's okay. sort of like detective mechanic. You have to gather clues, and then there'll be a confrontation. Yeah. Which is a bit different from Turtles, where it's pretty much just like a brawler. So I'm still open to I'm going to watch a few Let's Play videos and, and, and see how I feel about it and see if I have a chance at actually getting the graphic novel. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I mean, as far as the Turtles goes, I then backed the second Kickstarter for the replacement game because all the... <laughs> <laughs> all the original asset masters for the game and the molds and so on, the, the patterns yeah. for the injection molding, all uh, were lost or destroyed. Oh. So they had they basically have had to they, they wanted to redo the game and move on to the next uh part of the storyline. Yeah. But that meant that they kind of had to start from scratch. Okay. Um <sighs> Because you can't go, oh, here's chapter two. And people are like, oh, I never got chapter one. Uh, go. Yeah. Uh, so I guess they they sort of had to do it. And there were, there were some problems with the initial game, some, some mistakes in the printing, uh, some clarifications which could be added to the rules. And also the miniatures weren't sculpted to a single scale. Yeah, that's a problem. Which, as someone who sculpts and manages sculptors, just baffles me. You'd have... I mean... April O'Neil is bigger than Splinter. Not Splinter, uh, Shredder, for instance, which is just yeah. weird. So, I, there, I, were, I mean, there were some issues with them. Yeah. Um, so, fine. You know, but anyway, that, that game actually is, they've developed, they brought on two, uh, two of the guys from the Facebook group who uh, were really into, into the game and were redeveloping a load of the rules and making additions and clarifications and so on. And they've actually developed the new game. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that. That'll be very interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's got an AI mechanic and so on. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So anyway, that, that's... I don't know about Orca. Um Anyway, that was a digression. Back to the Games Expo. Uh, 
Was that basically your Friday? You walked around, you had a look at those two games, bought Wingspan, and then you bought, uh, and then your wife bought Lord of the Rings the next day. Yes, I mean we we played a bunch of different things. Okay. Um, we had a demo of oh my lord, I can't actually remember now. We played several <laughs> things. It was fun, but there weren't anything else. We were like, oh, we must have no, this. No standouts. Okay. I mean, part of it is also because we have, between us and other friends, we have so many board games already yeah. that by now it's, it's sort of like a game has to be very impressive to make me go like, I must buy it now. Yeah, I think it's getting more and more crowded. But this is the nature of anything which just has a bubble, big growth, I suppose. Yeah, it's just like because we, I, I just know that I can, I can go like, oh, this was this was fun, yeah. and buy it, and then okay, but I probably won't get around to play it again. Yeah, I, it's it's the classic. Oh, I've played this before. Why would I play it again? Yeah, yeah. That that people who play lots of games do, and people who don't play very many games are like, oh, I don't want to learn a new game. Can't we just play something I know? Yeah, it's it's difficult because I. I love looking at lots of different games and I love miniatures. So I end up buying things because there's cool miniatures. Yes. Um, and I'm fascinated by game mechanics, but then you get to the problem of like, I need to actually play these games more than once or twice because it's yeah. kind of once or twice and, you know, d- d- discuss the, the way they've implemented the rules and so on. That's really fascinating. But then you sort of get that gamer guilt of, oh, I've got so much unpainted lead on the shelf and ugh. yes, which is 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 one of my the nice things about um, I'm playing Adeptus Titanicus at the minute. Yeah. Well, not right now, but it's uh, good multitasking. And <laughs> and I have two Reavers and potentially a Warhound left to paint. Yeah. And until they release more stuff, I'm not actually sure there's anything else I want really want to get. Unlike James, who just seems to be trying to. Start, starting a new fact, faction every, or in, in it, yeah. He, he has at least three different armies for yeah. that now. Yeah. So we're going to do an episode, I think, on Adeptus Titanicus. Might see if we can yes. cajole James into actually appearing on the podcast. Uh, and maybe Will. Uh, yeah, we'll that would be good, actually. Do. And now, we've got, now we're using this online recording thing. We can actually have some, some guests without the headache of everyone getting into the same place. Yeah, it was tricky. Yeah. So um, I'm going to briefly talk about my Sunday at the Expo. Uh, It will be pretty brief, honestly, because mostly I use the Sunday at the Expo to catch up with the GCT guys and to walk around and say hello to people that I know or just network a little bit, to be honest. I mean, it's also worth pointing out that we played side until half two... Saturday night. Yeah, I was quite drunk. And, and <laughs> didn't actually get to go anywhere until 11 or 12 on the Sunday. Yes. Yeah, it was so. But it was, yeah, it was a nice, lazy Sunday. Uh, Adam was absolutely hungover. It was pretty <laughs> funny. I, I you might not be able to hear it in the actual podcast that we recorded, but we did definitely do him last for a reason. <laughs> well, yes, two reasons. for, for most. For most of it, he was just lying down and going like, I don't want to talk yet. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, I walked around. Uh, one of the things I did was a podcast uh, interview with Jason and Andy, 
who both have uh, well, obviously Jason is the main guy for the, uh, the rules for Bushido now, but Andy has been very involved in the developing of the new edition and new profiles and sort of he's made a lot of notes on rebalancing factions and so on. Uh, he also knows an awful lot of the background. Uh, I think he meets with uh, with Gordon and Alistair about uh, to, to discuss the background of Bushido. There's so much of it which isn't written down, which I, I really keep like I need to keep prodding them to be like post more of this, like publish more of this. It's really cool. People would like to know. Yeah, and I mean, I'm someone who doesn't really care that much about the background in games. I like the setting. Setting is very important, but who did what and when doesn't tend to matter too much to me, but I know it would matter to a lot of other people. That's where people get their buy-in from, a lot of people. So it would be cool to see more of that. I'll be totally honest. I basically don't know the setting. Well, the setting, of course, is like, it's sort of like Japan. It's not Japan. Don't say it's Japan. It's a bit like Japan. Um, And that's that's all I needed, really, to get into the game. Yeah, whereas I'm not actually that keen on Japan. Um, and I don't really know more about the setting than that, to be honest. Um, I sort of have a vague idea of what each faction is. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's enough for me. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I'm, I'm similar to you in that. Uh, but anyway, uh, so we, we, we do that little interview. That'll be, we're going to play that last on this podcast. Uh, so the other things that I got up to, uh, Boring things that no one wants to hear about. Did uh, you buy but anything? I bought nothing. A whole lot of nothing. Uh, but the guys I did speak to, uh, they, they're doing a game called Wrathborn. Uh, let me just... Lion Tower Miniatures. So I stopped by and spoke to spoke to those guys. Uh, one, yeah. the, the guy who does the rules, but also the guy who does the sculpting. It's interesting to talk to him because he's got, I think he's got an eight-month-old daughter. Yeah. And, of course, I've so, got a ten-month-old so, son. And so it's <laughs> like, sort of very, very similar. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I, there was like four months where I didn't sculpt anything. But yeah, yeah, that, that, uh, <laughs> that sounds familiar. The thing is, he has a day job. So it's Yeah, whereas where sculpting is your day job. Yeah. I. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's all I really did. I spoke to those guys. It was really interesting. Uh, I've picked up uh, the rules for them i didn't buy them they're available for free i think it's actually played on a four foot by four foot board which um the demo was i think a two foot by two foot but yes yeah, so some nice models the same sort of numbers as bushido but on a much bigger board which does interest me a little bit uh and when i mentioned to the guy who does the rules who i have to apologize i've forgotten his name off the top of my head but uh i said oh yeah I'm really into bushido um the best combat mechanics, best melee mechanics I've played in a game. Uh, his response was, huh, challenge accepted. I'm like, okay, so I, I need I need to read his rules now. Um, oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I also spoke to them about maybe having them on uh, to on the podcast as guests at some point, because it's something I'd like to do more of. I don't know about you. Yeah, that would be fun. What, what was the name of that game? Wrathborn, or Rothborn technically, but W-R-A-T-H-B-O-R-N. You can find them at ltminis.com. Yes, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, they do some really cool uh, lichen fiends, they call them. So That's uh, that's nifty. Werewolves. Uh, and I really like their uh, Norndrassen snow troll. 
So yeah, some really, really nice sculpts. You can have uh, a pet owl. <laughs> well, oh, they do a lot. Of, that that may not be for the game Wrathborn, that Wrathborn, whatever. Uh, that may be for his D and D range of miniatures. But uh, uh, yes, there's a paladin and stuff in here as well. Yeah, it's probably yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, so people should check those guys out. Um, and that was it. That's 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 pretty much uh, the entirety of my expo outside of the tournament, which we will uh, cover I mean, in a minute. So the, the tournament does take all of Saturday. Yes. So, yeah. Sorry, I had to cough again. Um, yes, it takes all the Saturday. Uh, I mean, all I'll say is, like, I had a really good time. Um, you'll hear most of our thoughts in a second. Uh, I suppose there is one other thing that we should talk about with the UK Games Expo, which, I mean, you could almost have an entire podcast about the topic, uh, but it was the controversy with the RPG yes. that the guy was running. So... Um, I'm going to just quickly read uh, a tweet if no one has actually heard about this. Uh, So there's a person on Twitter who said, just had the worst RPG experience of my life, signed up for uh, Things from the Flood game, and the GM decided it would be perfectly all right to have all our characters kidnapped and gang raped without discussing it with anyone first. Told us he enjoyed the shock factor of it. Um... So I don't I don't know if she specifically notified uh, the UK Games Expo or it just came out because she posted it on Twitter. I th- I think they were notified. I think they were. Uh, yeah, and the first I heard about it was they posted. Wasn't it like two? Yes, in the I think they, they, the official statement was put out at something like half two or something like that. Yeah. So I mean. I, I'll sort of paraphrase, well, I'll read through it. It was brought to our attention that in an RPG game on Friday afternoon, a GM volunteer included content that was completely unacceptable and breached both the letter and spirit of the UK Games Expo. Uh, They go on to say, uh, unacceptable even for a game with an 18 rating. Uh, And they talk about their policies. Uh, They've spoken to the player who first raised the issue and have unreservedly apologised for the distress caused. Uh, Anyway, the, the, so they say they immediately halted the game, so it must have been a complaint in the moment. I, th- I think the players uh, basically left. Yeah, well, who can blame uh, them? Um, you, de- you definitely they should. Cancelled all the games. He, yeah, so they immediately halted the game and cancelled all the games he was due to run. He's been ejected from the show and will not be allowed access to any of the uh, halls that are under the control of the Games Expo and banned for the foreseeable future. Um, so. I mean, there's not, there's probably not actually a lot to say about this, really. Like, what a twat. Yeah. Um, you just, I don't need to say that that's just ridiculous. You, you don't know what people's personal experience have been. Uh, that could be, if, if someone had experienced something even tangentially related, that could be an awful I mean, experience. You, you role play for, uh, well, I don't role play, but I understand you role play for uh, escapism. Yeah, it just should be recreational. Yeah. And I understand that you can discuss. Sorry, my mic fell off my t-shirt. <laughs> uh, I understand that you can use uh, uh, role playing to maybe explore some difficult ideas and so on, but you do that with consent. Yeah. You do it with people you know who have agreed that they're going to see, like tackle this issue that, that they want to tackle. There's just no way you do that for a, 
a drop-in game. Yeah, I mean, I know the the woman who originally made the complaint, she brought her uh, younger brother along. And that was his first role-playing experience. Yeah, that, that, that was not good. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, I mean, what I will say is it sounds like the UK Games Expo people handled it really well. Yeah, I think so. Um, responded as soon as they found out that it happened. And, uh, you know, it's, a press release is a press release, but it, it's, it's, well, it's well worded. It, it shows, yeah, it says the right things. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I have anything else to say on it. I arguably could have left it out of this, but uh, yeah, I no, just feel like calling it out for a dick move. Yeah, really. but also go like, well, it's it's nice to see that they actually do something. Yeah, I can't imagine that any any organization, at least of their size, wouldn't handle something like that as fast as they could. You know. Yeah, but you could equally have gone like it's it's certainly possible to imagine someone going like, oh well. That's too bad, but he's running some other games for us as well, and if he doesn't do it, then no one will, so... Eh. Like, it would be a bad response, but it's totally possible that that could have happened. Yeah. I, uh, I've i just made the mistake of, of st- um, straying onto a Reddit thread about oh, it. Oh, that seems like a bad choice. Uh, it, yeah. Just safe to say they disagree with us i'm sure <laughs> I'm you do that <laughs> um anyway right uh i think we'll put that to one side um yeah uh i don't know how to transition into the rest of the, the podcast now to be honest I mean, mate. I, i'm um, not sure it needs transition we are now gonna talk about what we you actually used at the tournament and how we did Yep, and then there'll be some kind of guitar riff or maybe sponsorship nonsense from me. Uh, well, you talking about me or me. T- I can't remember how we do the possible. I don't know if I even put it in anymore. You, you, you definitely uh, should. It's definitely sponsored by Mastercraft Miniatures. There we go. Buy my stuff. Um, and then it'll be the uh, interview with Jason and Andy. Uh, and we will do another podcast as soon as we can. After that, it might be on the Deptus Titanicus. It might be on the Lord of the Rings game. Uh, I know Moonstone, we need to get an episode in on that. Yeah. Because uh, Paul, who lives down the same road as you, and your wife, of course, both play it. Yes. Uh, it seems to be growing at the club a little bit. I uh, I went in on the last Kickstarter, so I've got the Lesher Vault coming. Uh, yeah, so I think definitely worth doing a podcast on, on both of those. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. This is a bit of a weird podcast. I don't know. Just wind it up now, I guess. I think so. Thanks for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk at you all in twelve months. No. Uh, le- le- some weeks. Le- le- less than twelve months. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I think we can make that promise. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. <laughs> oh. 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 One last thing, because obviously I just can't end the damn thing. Uh. Bushido is still, the next edition is still on pre-order uh, until the 1st of uh, July, at which point it will be released. And there are pre-order bonuses with free miniatures and stuff. So if you're even, remo- if you're even remotely interested, you should check it out because the new edition yeah, is... Yeah, I mean, just... likelihood, if, if you're listening to this you, podcast... You probably already are interested. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, but the new edition is actually quite a nice improvement. Yeah. Yeah. It's good polish. Uh, okay. Right. I'll catch you later, dude. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Right. So we've been to the Bushido tournament at the Expo the Grand Masters. Yeah. And we would we were going to do a quick rundown of what everyone brought, what we thought it was going to do, and how we actually did. Because the two things, not the same, as it turns out. Yeah. Um, we've got, uh, so obviously, all and me. Uh, we've also got James, Graham, and Adam. Uh, and so we're just going to go round in a row, quickly cover what we've... What, what we brought and yeah. how, what the plan was and yeah. what actually happened. Yeah. Right. So I was playing my jungle again because that was easy. Um, I only started looking at it Thursday night. So well well prepared. Yeah. Um, and it changed some of the point costs since I last did it. So Yeah, I mean, it's this is one of the things with the crossover between editions. It yeah. kind of makes sense to actually do it a little bit later than... Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll look at that. So what I ended up doing was, for simplicity's sake, I just bought 100 rise worth of models. No special cars, no nothing. Some black sails... Which was fine. Hmm. It didn't do much for me. Uh, anyway, I'll explain what it actually did once I get some models. So I brought Tetsuso, Lua, uh, Ashinaga Tanaga, Arata, Yuri, Temo, and Kappa. So it is basically a small human, a medium human, a large human, and four monsters. Yeah. It's a, lot, a few big, hitty, sort of tanky things. Yes. You've died a lot for being tanky, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the plan is basically to uh, push all of the big stompy things up front and hopefully just dominate a piece of the table that I need for objectives. And then shoot some people with some harpoons, send Arata in to delete stuff. And Temo is just there to be annoying. Yeah. Um, the theme basically gives me an extra activation token for our Kaisoka model. I have two Kaisoka models in the list. Temo or Yori. And Yuri never got the extra activation token. And obviously, Temo, solid choice for an additional. It's just like, would you like to reload for free every time? Yes, yes, I would actually. That would be fine. That would be just lovely. That was basically what the theme did for me. Um, so uh, I actually had to buy in the first round. Yeah. Which was glorious actually, because it meant I uh, could go off and have tea. So it gives, it gives you seven uh, tournament points out of. Nine? Possible nine, yeah. Um, spoiler alert, it was quite a large chunk of my tournament points. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah so so how did you because you've got Arata's got uh, Impetuous hasn't it yes so Impetuous is always one of those things which like that's why he's only 10 yeah um, he, he basically like he, the idea with Arata is that he preferably goes to charge something Impetuous makes it really hard to set up his good his bandside charge so kind of don't expect that to happen if it does cool yeah uh, but he also has unblockable so usually actually what I I'll, he'll, he, I'll make him charge if that works. But what I actually like doing is just moving him somewhere and then waiting really late with him yeah. until people have lost dice and then go in and go on blockable going, like, you're, not, you're not rolling any defense dice. I'll roll three dice in attack and just delete you with like success level eight or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good that in the new edition he's a much more solid choice than he was yeah. before. Before he was really, it was hard to be persuaded to take him. Yeah. But mostly because of the impetuous. Yeah. I mean, the it's, still a, is it's still a problem. Yeah. It would be better if you had a tactician, but you don't. No, John will never get that, I don't think. Um, so, but yeah, I, so I played, in game two, I actually got to play a game. Uh, I played Andy Palmer. Yep. 
That so was horrible. For people who don't know Andy, he's been quite involved in uh, writing the rules of Bushido, or yeah. profiles at least, yeah. for, for quite a long time. Um, and mm. he he came and won the tournament in March, uh, so we'll get this club. I can't remember where he placed in the Rotterdam tournament. Decently. Yeah. Um, turns out he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's good. Um, I did not know what his list was doing. And and at this point in time, my, my philosophy to learning what lists do is I'll see what horrible stuff it does to me and then I'll try not to make it happen again. <laughs> because it's much easier than trying to work yeah. out ahead of time. So, um, Temo and Yori got one shot at in turn one by a dog. Yeah, so he's running um, Prefecture. Yes, Prefecture. Hair Clan, basically. So lots of pass tokens. <laughs> and then um, the dog catapult. Yeah. Which, boomerang, I suppose. Yeah, which will get you in turn one and then the dog will disappear and you'll go like, Oh, well, that was horrible. Yeah, you can pretty much delete him on turn one, uh, but he's investing 20 rice to do it. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, which we'll actually get to he, later. He, um, yeah, I mean, against me, he killed 25 rice in turn one yeah. for effectively no comeback. Yeah. So uh, from then on, it was always going to go badly. Yeah. Um, I lost 3-0. The game was not actually as bad as that sound. I nearly clawed back a point, hmm. which would have been a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> um, he also critical uh, attacked uh, Tatsuzu to death. Yeah. That's... Rolled a double. Oh, I'll take him off then. That does suck when you've got a big model. Yeah, so that was hard to combat. Yeah. Um, then I played Tenku. I forgot his name. It's really terrible of me. Really. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't meet the guy, but yeah. Um, with, um, oh, I forgot his name. The big flying guy with the cross, with the ball thrower, basically. Uh, Bazembo. Bazembo. Yeah. And the other big, Flying the big flying samurai. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um those are horrible. Yeah, the big lads are uh, effective. They're a point sink. Oh yeah. Um, I mean twenty five each or mm. thereabout. Um uh that that one <coughs> went really well too. I ended up with Lua trying to uh, chase down his uh, flying bim. Never gonna work. Yeah. That did not work. <laughs> Um, trundling after him. Yeah, again, this is one of those where I lost th- I lost 3-0 again because, well, I ended up with Lua. Yeah. Um, but again, much closer than it sounds, a couple of slightly differences and suddenly more of his models die. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, no, the first two games were very much characterised by, oh, my big tanky models, oh, they're all dying. Well, that's not good. Then the list just flat out doesn't work. Yeah. You need Tetsuzo's and Anchor. Sorry, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, because without him, you, you haven't got enough models to dictate what's going on. No. And so. I have, uh, there's a very sharp divide between, Irata is great for killing one thing, but if you can't attack him, he just dies. Yeah. So, wait, uh, round two, what was the scenario? I can't remember. Was it six, it was six idols? Yes, six idols. Uh, I can't remember specifically which one. Um, the, the depletion? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then round three was Ichi no Ruten? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then your round four w- uh, would have been the new scenario, which name I can't remember. It's on Facebook. Really I, I liked it. Yeah, it's the three circles in a line. They yes. ran it last year. Yes. Oh, or Bonescon. I can't remember which. I played Ed. Uh, he okay. was running uh, Prefecture with three riflemen. Yes, the three the three tapo lists. Yes. Um, yeah. It's not. It's not a good list. I don't think. I, too many I, eggs in one basket. I learned something new. In this in this game, Iran's has range defense one. Yes, handy. I did not know that. Yeah. So Iran was shot at, was shot by three riflemen in turn one, and Ed's dies just decided to murder him from the beginning. 
So he did a total of one point of damage. And at that point, I don't think you can come back from that list. No. I, for me, firing all three Teppo in the first turn. Um, we, we, we talked about that afterwards. I think it's a mistake. Oh, it's a massive mistake. Maybe fire one. I think you, 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 you need f- the area threat. You, you fired the... I was really scared of them. But once yeah. you shot them, I was like, well, now I can move. Yeah. You, you, what you want is you want to cover the middle part of the board Do you also, with two overlapping firing oh, arcs it, and then it, go s- walk in. Small note about terrain. Yeah. So we, we did... We used the terrain placement rule for the tournament. Oh. Um, we had lots of walls. Lots of walls are not conducive to riflemen. So I just made sure there was lots of walls sort of scattered about to break up line of sight. Yeah. Didn't quite work around the middle and stuff, but so he had we had a, a wall parallel with the side of the of the board at the edge, and two of the riflemen were on the far side of that, hmm. which I was very happy about because it meant I could hide a large portion of my list from them. Yeah. Okay, so you got. Um... So I, yeah, I, I won. The, I, I mustn't forward claim two zones and just been like, well, we can fight over the last one. Was it a three 0 Yeah. Okay. I, I ate all of his models except for the rifleman, which Temo went like, oh, I, I can make blind. Which turned out bad. <laughs> oh, did you reload it? You're not blind. Yeah, that's a problem for Yeah, him. yeah. So that that was... I that was you could probably make that list work, but you, it's, you need to combine it with order and command and things. He did. Oh. Um, it's, he, he's, he, <laughs> no, he, he was doing that. It's just like, he dies. He dies. Well, he, he started off badly and then his dice didn't really improve that much. Yeah. I mean, my turn three was a similar story, to be honest. So, my round four, sorry. So, so yeah, I, in total, I ended up with a 3 0 victory and a bye. That was how I scored points. Okay. Uh, right, James. Uh, so, I took uh, the Minamoto. Um, first time I've actually ever used them. Um, so, it was a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a learning curve, but they, they did quite well. Um, so, I had two of the Johto Ashigaru. Uh, I had Hoshi Kimiko. Uh, ice She's the ice witch. Yeah, ice witch. Ice witch samurai. Um, Masa, Masamu, Yashibo, Yoshi. The, the Yoshi, other Ashigaru yeah. character. Yeah. Uh, Minamoto Yuji, the big samurai guy. Yeah. Uh, and Reiko, the unblessed, and Detsu, um, the bear. The bear. Yeah. So, I got uh, two one two one nils to me. A three nil to me, and I lost three three nil in one game. Um, so you actually you kind of rocketed up, rocketed up to the top table. I yeah, I, yeah so the first three games I won, um, not amazingly, but yeah. I did pretty well on those. That's pretty good for a list you've not used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you chose to take uh, in the morning of the event. Yeah, it was either going to be that or cult, which I'd used before, but I thought I'd mix it up a bit and do something I haven't used before, and yeah, it worked. Um, so they. They're pretty good. Then there's nothing special about them. They just walk forward, push your opponent back, and just hit things. Um, whilst not getting killed. Yeah, not getting killed because extra room and the, all the, that. The armor. key point my list did you use a do. theme on that? Yeah, I used the, the, the basic army, army of the Minamoto. Yeah, so you which, get the plus one. Yeah, plus one strength damage in the Ashigaru deploy. Yeah, which fire. didn't really do a whole lot. I forgot to do the plus one strength on a couple of the games. Yeah. Bit of extra movement for deployment helped. Um, there, there is a problem with the Minamoto at the moment where they just don't have enough models for their themes to really work yeah I couldn't see any way to do the other themes because there just wasn't seem to be enough yeah. models for the uh, 100 points there, there are obviously like, right. plans in place to rectify that yeah but... yeah. which is why I, I brought in to the Minamoto at Salute because it's a small faction I could buy I just bought everything 
and I can just now buy stuff as it comes out and I shouldn't get too far behind. Yeah. Um, which just seems a nicer way of doing a faction rather than having to be overwhelmed with the number of stuff you can potentially, potentially yeah. buy. Um, so what did you face in your first uh, round, first game? I can't actually remember who I played. Which is, which is really terrible. Um, well, we are doing this the morning after, after. Uh, yeah. the tournament. So. Yeah, it's my standard tournament break. I'm lucky to remember any of the games after I finished it. Uh, second game, though, I played against uh, the Snake Guys. Uh, yeah, you played against Tom's Ito. Yeah, there? yeah, which. Uh, yeah, that was the depletion one, wasn't it? Yeah, that would have been depletion. Yeah, so. I managed to uh, run up to the middle idols, prayed a couple of times, and then just surrounded them so he couldn't get through. Uh, I did kill one of his guys, which did try to flank to get to my backside. Um, uh, I, I managed to one-shot him, so that stopped him being able to flank around um, and start scoring three points. So as a result, I just I, I only prayed twice, I think, but those two points was enough to... Yeah. Me, um, that, that scenario, if you get time. points early, yeah. is, is critical because there's no reset on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the uh, second game with the zones, uh, again, they Minimoto did what they do. They ran into the, I ran into my zone and just stood there so the opponent couldn't get in. He was using um, uh, lots of Ashigaru uh, with... Oh, what's the... Uh, Prefecture. Yeah, prefecture. yeah, so he prefecture, so he had load of coordinated attacks, load of um, activating multiple things at once, but some of his models which were doing all that sort of weird command stuff weren't moving into the zones. Yeah. So once I had my zone, I was scoring one point, I then just pushed onto his zone and he just didn't he couldn't get enough points in there, so he wasn't scoring that one himself. So I just yeah. managed to eke in uh, the, the one point victory. Um so then, what happened with the Vims in that game? Did they both die? Or? Uh, so his Vim got locked into combat and just got stuck there. Uh, my one was in combat, then I did a disengage into this ran. Oh, and that's how you got the VP. That's how we got my... Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah, so, and then the... Uh, what was that? Third game, so the fourth game was against Temple, and it was just... It was it was unpleasant. Um, I had one model... Only one, one of my models actually managed to get into the zone and stay there. Everything else got in the zone, got pushed away, or got into the zone, got moved, then got made prone. So I just couldn't get anything into into score. So that's why that's why I got the three nailed. Um, yeah, but anything which is zones uh, and temple was always you're always going to be struggling. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I saw that, as soon as I came up with this, it was I, I there was nothing I could do really. Yeah. Um, yeah, Which was, they get lots of throw and lots of push and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it was painful, but I guess that list doesn't do as well on other missions. So I just happened to have a bad matchup on the last one, which was just unfortunate because I had three wins by that point. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you talk about one possible way of stopping some of their pushing at least is to stack your models. Yeah, which I could have done. I did have a couple put a of model points. behind the model in front. Oh, okay. then it's like an impression. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, throw is a problem at that point because then you end up with multiple prones. But throw yes. is a bastard as it is. Yeah. I mean, there's it's not yeah. great, and it also means you need a lot of models to make that yeah. work. And you but you struggle getting a lot of models with Minamoto. Yes, you? but it is something you can think about in very specific situations where mm. I need to not be moved there. I'll do this. Yeah, because you even if you're prone, you're still in the zone. Yeah, yeah. I did still have seven models, which was pretty good. Yeah. Um. So the only real 
So everything worked pretty much as I expected, sort of tanking and just hitting things and gradually wearing them down. The only one I struggled to work out what she did was the Ice Witch. I, I'm sure she has a good use, and I took her because I wanted to take the um, Ice Camis because mm. I thought it was a cool idea, and being able to turn into one was quite neat. But she didn't really do anything. She just sort of... She sort of lacks things to spend the key on, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. she doesn't hit hard with only two key. She's got no... Special, but she's got one ability which can make your opponent slow, which could be nice, and or ranged defense, which you can put on yourself. But n- none of the lists I played against had any ranged, so oh, wow. to, yeah, so that was a bit sort of well. She just usually got to eight key, and then eventually turned into a cami with eight key on her. And I guess I can see her at the moment as being like a reasonably solid sideboard choice. Because if someone does rock up with uh, ranged attack, then you can use her yeah. to, to, to compensate. Yeah, for that. yeah. Getting ranged durable on someone is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of a. I think it might be a bit of a niche. But I like the model, so that's why I took it. How many voice is she? Uh, I think she's fourteen. Okay. So not not too expensive, um, and being able to being able to tank a load of damage and then turn into a nice uh, a camera reflection and then be durable for two turns. Yeah. Can be a bit of a pain to people. I mean, she sort of fits in the same price bracket as uh, Sakura for the Ito clan, who, mm. in, who the only thing she does is put poison on people with a post key test. Yeah, but she's got channel six six. Yeah. So yeah, like if, if you come up against someone who's entirely soulless, you can still at least feed key into Kaihima and whoever. Yeah, yeah. If she had something like that, or even a way to boost her melee, going from two to three, mm. even if it costs two or three key to do that that would give her a bit more of a punch yeah I, mean, I don't think you can give uh, channel to the minimum oh, yeah, um, yeah. unless I, I could maybe accept like channel one like three inches or something or, or even like channel two base maybe. to base or something so yeah. because then you're forcing the Minamoto to be closer together which of course means they're not getting there in Dorms yeah. for yeah. so there's maybe some push and pull with the, with the mechanics there, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Did you you, th- you think you placed fourth? I I think I came for about fourth, fifth. Because um, your loss was against the temple guy who came third. Yes. So yeah. So depending, I so with three wins, I probably came relatively high, but my wins weren't that great, so yeah. I didn't get a lot of actual um, points overall. Which I'm, okay. I'm, I'm still happy with three wins. And even better, the fact that I actually won the best painted. So yeah, yes, it's been was, a long time coming. You yeah, I was really chuffed about that one. Yeah. Um, it looked really good, which is well deserved. I haven't actually looked closely at your models. I've seen uh, the photos, but I haven't looked at them in the flesh. So I'll have to uh, play against them at some point. So yeah, I, I was really happy how they turned out, which is one of the reasons why I took them because they look nice and they're my latest project on it. So yeah, always nice to play with nice shiny stuff. Awesome. Do you get anything for best painted? Uh, yeah, but I'm not store, sure what. Oh, store right. credits? Yeah, I think you get a store oh, credit. Oh, yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. Um, yeah. Also, there is, a, there is a figure that you get for getting best painted. I don't know. It's um, So, you know Kuma, the bear monk? Yeah. It's him, but instead of a bamboo staff, he's got a paintbrush. Oh, that's cool. Um, huh. So, yeah, I'll, I'll ask Gordon about that. Yeah, they said they were going to email yeah. um, something. And, all right. Uh, okay, Graham. Uh, I took Minamoto as well. Um, I had Yuji the Big Samurai, uh, Aya, Yoshi, uh, Nuan, uh, and then I had uh, the coin on Yuji. Just a scrap. Yeah. 
Yeah, the coin. Everybody takes the coin. Uh, and then just a scratch for an event. And then I had 30 points. That was my uh, order for battle. Swap in and out. Which was Tetsu and uh, Giotto. The generic yep. thingy, which was 30 rice. And swapping in or out if I needed it was Haru. The other blacksmith with a fire totem. Uh, which makes him explode when he dies, which yeah. happened quite a lot because he's quite fragile. And the Grey Pilgrim, just for a bit of speed and uh, electricity. And yeah, I mean, it's one of the ways that you walk. can give the Minimoto more models is uh, their running axes. Yeah, I mean, the trouble with it was, everything's so slow with so much armour, that when all of a sudden I had something that could you move some sort of distance, I would totally overextend that and she'd die in turn one or two because she just got swamped on her own. Uh-huh. So it didn't really work. Um, but the first two matches I had were, uh, what was the first one? Was the three... Three idols in a row. Yeah. Nice three and idols that you got to turn. Start, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, that was the second one. The first one was the six, wasn't it? No, the second no. one was the six idols. Okay. Yeah. Well, either way, uh, I was playing Temple for the first one. So they had ten models, um, lots of monks, uh, and basically I spent the entire ma- uh, match just... Uh, getting pushed, pulled. I couldn't get through people. I couldn't get to. If I ever got to something that I could pray at, uh, they had somebody on me, so I couldn't actually physically pray. I think that might be the same list I played in the last round. Yeah, right? the first two matches were both temple, and they were both virtually identical. And the same thing happened with both. I just couldn't yeah, get that through. That is a rough matchup for for Minimoto, especially oh, the Minimoto you're talking about. Because they're right? just they've all got side step defense, so they're all going flat out defense. So and with side your set three defense dice, now is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You've got three dice. You can't just throw it all in attack because you're like, well, if they do hit me back. So you've got two dice in attack. Usually they do three or four dice flat out defense. I mean, you just, you can't. Um, and they just keep walking off. And then the big one finally got there and then he was prone and then stood up and then prone. And you go, well, that's him out this turn. And it was just, yeah, just you just couldn't get any up. So that was sucking. Uh, the third one was against Colt, uh, which was the two... Big zones. So was this the cult which had um, uh, wraith? Yeah, the big wraith, the wagon wheel. Yeah. Uh, penny penny Pagolin with the head coming yeah, off. Uh, the bucket head. So this was fear. We had a bit of dread in there as well. I was I was quite curious about this one because I was always <laughs> thought that like Minamoto would struggle against like cult specifically because of the fear and the control and all this sort of weird stuff they do. Um, but I actually won this one three now. Right, you've so, got. I mean, you've got tools with the Minamoto to deal. With yeah, it's fear. a lot. They've changed it a lot from what the original set was from the old from the playtest. Yeah, to what they are now, they're a lot more sort of solid. I mean, they mm. can, which is cool. But they they just don't have any sort of tricks or things that they can do. So it's kind of if you can't just walk forward and hit it, you've kind of hit a brick wall. You're a bit sort of. That's it, I'm out. Mm. Um, but I won that one 3-0, so that was the one with the nominated Vim in the two zones. Um, Who was your Vim? Uh, Yuji. Yeah. Yeah, so he just, just flat out tanked it, and he, he was fine. I think I got, there was the wagon wheel burnt a couple of people, but uh, Wraith charged across the board in turn one, uh, didn't kill anyone, and then slowly got swamped by Aya, Yoshi, the blacksmith, and Yuji. This and is just a risk with, to Wraith, death. with Wrath. Like, uh, when you overextend him and he doesn't get the kill, yeah. that means that he's 
he's almost certainly spent energy, like health to boost. Yeah. Yeah, so he disappeared. And then Noan, who was... I love Noan. He's an awesome... Considering I didn't use his little key feats of making the unpassable terrain and the cover, yeah. fire cover thing. Um, because I haven't you used it enough to even know and... what I was doing. Yeah. So I just didn't use him. Plus I didn't make the little scenery thing for the 50 mil unpassable terrain. So I just didn't use it. He basically just walked around and flipped fire at people. Uh, but he killed the undead Tengu thing. Rocker. Yeah, he's not undead. He's not a... Oh, the... Yeah, he's a Brooklyn. He's oh, a right. cultist, basically. Whatever. But he burnt and died in turn one as well. Nice. Um, Nuan is is real threat. If you can get close enough. Oh, he's he, savage. Yeah. His fire burn thing is, is horrible. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. So then they all just started dropping out. Um, none of my died. His wagon wheel was his bin. Um, so I just... He was surrounded by Ashigaru, who were slowly burning, to be fair. <laughs> But yes. they were just taking one wound around because yeah. they were just flat out defence and Yuji just strolled into And the minimise I can take that. That's yeah. fine. Uh, the last one was against Tengu, which was horrible because it was the three little zones in the middle. You played the guy I played. Yeah. Oh, that sucks it's, so it's, bad. Well, with the two big guys, you'll have wind the bucket on big... both of them. Th- that wasn't even what he was it doing. He, was, no, no. Uh, he had the... Shaman thing, yeah, that you could shuffle the archer forward without yes. moving him, and then with an 18 minute range, turn one, you've got a tree trunk in your chest, and you're like, oh, right, okay. and, and, he can, and he can move your models around as well with yeah. the post key test, yeah. Well, I think uh, that's quite horrible. Yeah. Rasa doesn't do well with that. Is, is this Kimmick? That's uh, yes, yeah, yeah, with the little round skull, yes, yeah, star. okay. Because he had the two big. Birds, which I think come out of the best part of 50 rice for the two of them. Uh, 50 yeah. was pretty sad. Wow. But the I fact that you have three little zones that you've got to hold. Yeah. So it's like, well, I've got six minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw what you were doing. You, you basically just walked forward and stood in the zone until yeah. he killed you. And then you just stand there. So his archers just sat on the side. He slowly whittled down the two side ones. Oh no, he just left the one with Yuji in. He just left because I put him out to the side, which I should have just put him in the middle so he's a bit more. So he was just out on his own. Two Yoshi and I are in the middle, who basically had to stand in a zone and show, slowly get shot to shit with a bow, <laughs> and like, I couldn't do anything back. But so I mean, this is where the the terrain deployment rules uh, sort of become critical because you you mm. need to be placing terrain just so that's cover, yeah, sight in the zones. Yeah, but all zones. leading to the zones, it was fine. But once I was in the zone, it was just. He just, yeah. I couldn't move out of the zone, so it was just, so they all died, and then it eventually it got to, I think I all I had left was Yuji, and all of his models were basically movement five, or could, like, just shuffle away for an extra couple of inches and then just walk, so Yuji was just sort of ambling around the board trying to hit something, uh, and he, he basically, I just went, look, this isn't going to work, like, you can have this win, just just take it, and he went, all right, just, fair just, enough. Just stop this. But I do want to see what happens between Yuji and the big... Bird Samurai. So I was like, yeah, totally, let's do it. Let's See, that, that to so, me is like ideal round four of a tournament. Uh, We're not in competition for the podium. Let's just roll some dice, see what happens with Yuji. Flat out, Yuji absolutely just beat him to death. Really? 25 nice. rise, giant Tengu Samurai, and Yuji just. You pay a lot for mobility. Considering I forgot to use the. When Which, he's injured, yeah. he gets the powerful oh. blow for zero. <laughs> he had one wound left. I mean, he was on his ass, but he beat him to death. Nice. Uh, and that that was the highlight, really. But you, you, know. you clubbed an eagle to death. Yeah. Well, against the temple was great because it was all animals and kids, 
and Yuji was the one that took out all the animals and the kids. The Minamoto are going to prison. So the lesson from this is that Graham is a horrible human being. Yeah, Yuji with a big club. What else would you hit but a couple of baboons and the children? Cool. And on that note, um, right, so now I need to think about what I actually uh, did. So I ran my Ito with uh, the Blessed. Uh, it was nice to get back to running Ito for a while because I actually stopped and played some other things for a little while. And I ran fully painted, about which I was pretty pleased because I've painted two models like in the last yeah. month. Yeah, it's very impressive. almost a personal best at the moment. Uh, so I had. The blessed list. So it was Ayako and Sakura and Kyu. So I'm running three Shisai. Always a bit of a risk. Uh, Katsuhiko as a bit of support. Then uh, Kaihime, that's ranged threat. The ability to have three poison on yep. her bow and just be like, yep. I've got 20 inch threat. I like Kaihime. Uh, then uh, some melee power with Yui and Taisei. Uh, I was originally also going to have uh, Dark Secrets, but I discovered that Taisei has gone up by one rice since I wrote the Battlescribe file, and it's just my fault for not checking. Uh, so I had to drop that, and I put uh, Paragon on Kaihime. So I was starting the game with three Virtue Tokens. Always put the Virtue Tokens on the two uh, heavy, the combat heavy, and obviously uh, Kaihime had one. So the idea with the Ito pretty much was that I try and outmaneuver people, uh, <coughs> put a bunch of poison onto things, let Kaihime do her thing. Ayako is useful for taking away activations and death sentence maybe, but she doesn't have as much key as she used to. She used to be a three eight, and now she's two eight. So even with the doubling key in the first round, four key on death sentence is quite. Yeah, it's a quite an investment, especially for an opposed key test. Yeah, there's plenty of other stuff to spend on, isn't there? Yeah. And of course, they, they both have channel. Uh, Q doesn't have channel, so he often ends up with too much key on him because it's doubled in the first turn yeah. and he's a combat model. Yeah. He literally can't spend his key on anything else. He might get, might get a movement boost, but I don't think he does. So my first round was against Matt, the, uh, the guy who took Wraith and yeah. uh, the cult. So initially I was a little bit worried because he had soulless models and I do a bunch of opposed key tests. But actually I just redirected my opposed key tests onto his couple of uh, non-soulless models. Yeah, because I guess some of them weren't yeah. quite soulless. Yeah. But Rokuro actually was out on a flank and I wasn't really able to hit him with the with the poison. Uh, in the end I just beat him to death with Yui, I think. Um, I think he somewhat overextended himself. Uh, then... Kaihime did great work putting poison on people and Sakura did great work putting poison on people. So actually things mostly went according to plan, but I only managed to get the 1-0. Okay, nice. Uh, which, yeah, is unfortunate. It was, it was largely because of Wraith. He just flew through my front line, which wasn't particularly tough anyway, and then uh, just bounced around a little bit. I think he could have beaten me if he had focused with Wraith on a single model, kill that, move on to another one. But he kept seeing juicier targets elsewhere. Okay, and I guess it's a little bit of if he's stopping you getting to the idols, you yeah. can't turn them. Yes, yeah, so, so he was he was taking activations away from me, but he wasn't actually uh, killing anything. So I, I, I still had models there. Um, so I think he could have got it. Uh, but that's how that one went. 
round two, I faced Adam, uh, at which point my heart sank because uh, he's a git. You, uh, what do you mean? You have a great record against Adam. Yeah, I think I beat him in our first game, and then ever since then, uh, he's uh, beaten me every single time. But Adam's so, running. So, so what you're saying is that you facing Adam is really a fix in the favor of Adam? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I consider it a buy. <laughs> <laughs> Just that's what you scored, basically. Yeah. So Adam running ninjas, um, a bunch of tricks, and, and so on. So ninjas looks really tempting. Yeah, I'm trying to think really what happened in that game. Uh, I can't remember. I, I I did actually manage to take out half your mod, maybe, maybe even three models. No, I took out half the models, I think. Um, you had a moan. Poison, poison was super effective. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that came out as a 2-0 for you. I, I can't actually really remember enough about that one to, to say. The, the, the thing which I found was really useful with the Virtue Tokens is being able to give models... Uh, six cents, mm. so I can ignore his camouflage. Mm. So, and I didn't realize during this game that Ayako gave out a virtue token every turn, so oh, I was right. just running on my original three. Okay. Uh, but also, Yui, she's got detect, so she does a simple action, uh, it's like two key, I think, and she just walks forward and goes, You within the pulse, your camouflage doesn't work anymore. Oh, that's quite good. Yes. And then Kaihima goes, Thanks. <laughs> and then Adam goes smoke bomb and I complain about how they're completely obscuring not obscuring blocking, blocking. blocking. Um, <coughs> so yeah largely you smoke bombed me into uh, ineffectuality and then that was that was sort of that mm. uh, oh okay yes the thing to moan about is ghost shadow moves all the way onto my back line turn one turn uh, praying at the idol twice uh, then you won the tactical roll for turn two pray at the idol again and then I murdered Ghost mercilessly, but that didn't matter. You got at nine point, v, at nine that point, points. At that he's kind of one. Yeah, and there's no yeah. reset because you've got prayer tokens, which is like a resource, so yeah. you can't do reset. So at that point, it was always going to be an uphill struggle, and Adam successfully used Katsumi to scare me away from his two friendly idols. Uh, so I never really, never really clawed that back. Uh, third game was against the other Ito, uh, Tom's Ito. Yeah. Uh, he one nilled me. Um, I just, I just don't. I didn't really do very well. I, I didn't really manage to execute anything. We only got to the end of turn two, and his vim was well, like three inches closer to the table edge. Just that's just the, how it, how it was. So was your vim actually open? Could she have ran forward and scored? What well, I could have moved Q forward, but I was, I got distracted by the longer. Game. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so if the game continued, I should have recognised this game is going to end end of turn two, so I need to just get that one v, VP yeah. or at least contest it. Uh, so I screwed up there, honestly. Uh, it was a fine game otherwise, other than slow. Um, so that left me with starting on a win and then two losses. Uh, so my last game was against. I can't remember the guy's name. He was very nice and extremely apologetic for what happened. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a lot like my last Oh, game. he was running ninjas as well. Oh, oh God. And mm, I hate this excuse, but I, I, a lot of roles which I needed to just be average did not hit average. And sometimes that just happens. Yeah. And I also made some stupid mistakes. Like I went all in attack on Taisei thinking that he had push attack. He didn't. He had force back attack. Oh. Now, 
I also failed the attack roll <laughs> and then died. Yeah. So the dice were bad, but the decision was worse mm-hmm. because I would have died anyway after doing what half damage on force back or none. I think it's no damage. I think it's none. Yeah. yeah. So that was a stupid. I mean, his model would have been out of the zone, and I would have been scoring the zone. Okay, so it would have been but then I was dead, so I wouldn't have been scoring the zone. So I just. Yeah. But turn like round four, I I got a narrow win the first round, two losses. Round four for me is like bottom tables. This guy hadn't got a VP in this tournament. Or the tournament last year, uh, so he told me that as if it was going to make me feel better. I was like, "Well, you just told me that apparently you're bad at this game, and now I'm worse." <laughs> um, but he he was really nice, um, and he three nailed me. So um, is it Kevin? It could have been. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think we even exchanged names, but uh, yeah, that, so did, that was cool. So did we work out if you did come worse out of the four of us? I think I must have come bottom out of the four of us, honestly. Which is quite impressive. I'd be Ben because bye. I'm pretty sure I was like fifth from bottom. Because yeah. I had three three nil losses and one three nil win. I, I would settle for sixth from bottom, honestly. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty sure I didn't see any, any names I recognised <laughs> underneath me. <laughs> right, so... Um, that brings us to the new Bushido Grandmaster, hey. Adam. Feeling really rough. Uh, just, just so Adam over-celebrated. <laughs> uh, hold on, I'm just going to move the microphone so I'm pointing at you, because I think... Uh, okay. There we go. Just a bit more, okay. Um So I decided that I was going to take ninjas, um, mostly because they're all already painted, and not all of my temple were. Uh, and I wanted to just give it a go because I know the Grandmasters can be a bit light on scenery and I wanted to see if I could make it work now with all of the extra smoke bombs that they get. Um, so I decided about 1am on the day uh, to final, that I'd finalised what I was going to take. To make everyone feel better. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I had no idea what he was doing until he rocked up and beat everyone. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> So I took Katsumi because he's uh, just a massive beat stick. He can really tank down some big guys. He can get through a lot of armor. Uh, And he's just necessary when you need to be able to even the odds a little bit by killing off some models. Um, Because I was only taking four. Which meant that I was horribly outnumbered an awful lot of the time. Um, And then I took Rin uh, because she can also tank pretty well and is quite good at removing models. They both have tireless, which is fantastic, um, especially with the new doubling the pass tokens that you get with the things. Yeah, yeah that's um, effective. Uh, and her ability to cause faint as well and get martial prowess attack is pretty good as well, just to try and get those extra damage through. Especially on a single the dice. Only, samurai, only non-samurai in the game who has access to uh, prowess melee. Mm. Uh, it's not prowess melee, no? it's prowess attack. It's prowess attack? Yeah. No, it's, Hibiki, John Hibiki. Yes. Okay. So he's not got samurai type, but he's no. a, he's a jung. Uh, he's a captain. So, but he's using fighting claws. But bear in mind that the jung are like an ex samurai family. So yeah. Sort of, so like, you're right. An old samurai. He's no longer a samurai. Yeah. You're right in the rules. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, moving swiftly on. Um, oh, we digress. So <laughs> we. So then. Um, uh, I was always going to be including Ghost because he causes Fear 6, which is amazing against one key models. Uh, he can be intangible, so he can get around like easily. Uh, he can go elsewhere. I don't think I actually did that, but I probably should have done against Ben. Um, oh, you got 2-0. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
and yeah, he's got apparition, which means that he can get get around things, get out of combat, go and do scenario objectives. He's pretty strong. Um, and throw attack, which really saved me on a lot of the games. He's your workhorse, really. Yeah. Like he's a toolbox of scenario stuff. He's amazing. And then finally, I was a bit torn between taking Ujimushi for shooting, so that I could get around fear. Um, luckily, I didn't actually play that many models that cause fear, so wasn't a huge problem. Um, and took Shizuka instead uh, because she's just an amazing vim. She can get you onto idols or scenario objectives, um, even if they're across the board. And then with I took shadow moves because if I was going to overextend Shizuka that much, I should probably swap her out for someone like Ghost who can vitality and pray three times or um, Katsumi to sort of really ruin my opponent's day a little bit by having Katsumi that far behind enemy lines. Um, and she's an yeah, she's just an amazing Vim with parry and dodge. Uh, so she's pretty good and Mirage as well to be able to get out of combat. Um, so yeah, she just seemed like the solid uh, speedster that I needed. Um, and then I was toying with taking the scouting mission because being able to have three of your ninjas scouting turn one yeah. um, is really good on certain scenarios such as the idols um, but I opted to take the skirmish mission because it meant I could tailor two enhancements at the beginning of each game yeah it's like having a mini enhancement sideboard isn't it yeah That's um, cool. and they're free enhancements as well so they can be as expensive as you want them to be um, without any extra cost uh, so that was really good uh, it also gave me a key block thing when I did assassin but I think I maybe did like three assassin attacks in the entire tournament well you're lacking distraction aren't you yeah um, and ways to get around but uh, well I guess ghost did quite a few but not really caused any damage because I was just throwing people into people um, and it doubles your pass tokens, which is incredibly strong, especially turn one, because people don't really understand what's what what they need to do. It when actually they forces have to do people lots to of actions push in forward. one go. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, it makes you more tentative with all your moves. If your opponent's just like, well, I've got eight pass tokens, so crack on. Mm. Um, yeah, I definitely found that against the other ninja, where I wanted to push forward much more than 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 I could. So how do your games go? Yeah. Yeah, so round one was against Olof um, and his, I think it was like nine models of Silvermoon, including yep. Defokaya, who's just horrible, <laughs> um, two fire kami, which were just horrible. Uh, the abilities just explode and then they go, here you go, that's like two fire damage. Are they different fire kami to the temple ones? No, they're the same. Oh, okay. Um, and they can throw fire at people now as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, two silverback gorillas, which was, uh, I, I don't know, I, I was looking at, and, and then he had some of the smaller guys who like, had a crossbowman, yeah. and uh, he had Wasapu and Senpu, I think. Yeah. And I was just looking at it, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to survive this out, to be honest, but he didn't have many models that could turn the idols, so I focused on that. Um, I was able to get to the idols turn to turn one, um, which was necessary because turn two was mostly about defending them. Um, 
turn one, I was also able to get Rin right up into Defakaya's face because he had sort of run him forward and was exhausted by then because of past tokens and shadow moves meant that Rin was just sat there in the middle instead of Shizuka and had loads of had both her activations left. Uh, so she sort of walked up. Um, I smoke bombed Defakaya so he couldn't see her coming. Walked around the back and uh, stabbed him. Um, which did quite a bit of damage and then she got attacked by a gorilla so I sidestepped back behind Dafakaya and stabbed him again <laughs> because of Tireless um, and then in round two I think she killed him off and then killed a gorilla as well which is pretty strong Nice. Um, which really I, I think she basically was the uh, uh, star player in that one okay. um, but then <laughs> it all devolved into because obviously one of my... So he took the easiest one for me to defend away because it was decreasing Yeah. Um, when I got the first Vim. So then it was just a case of trying not to let him out-activate on the idols, uh, which was getting a bit hairy. And so basically turn four, neither of us scored. And then turn six, neither of us scored. Oh, so it was a 1-0. So um, which meant that I got the bye in round two because I played Ben. Uh, he also <laughs> got the one 0 so, so Olaf actually ended up coming second. Yeah, so Olaf was second. Um, with the same number of points as me, actually. Yeah, and the only reason I got well, all was, all three of the podium players the had the same, the same tournament, tournament points, but you got it on strength of schedule. Yeah, because I beat them both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so then round two was <clears throat> depletion, which is the six idols. And uh, Ben's already moaned about me getting Ghost down there and praying three times. Yeah, um, so that was that was my tactic for that one. Uh, and very effective it was. It was just a matter of trying to stay alive and keep Ben off my three three point idols, yeah. um, which mostly worked. But there's an element of my list which I, I didn't mention that actually I found really useful against both Ninja lists, which is uh, Katsuhiko. Yeah, joint generating one key. I don't really use him for the extending the range of the Shisai um, or channeling to people. Although I did actually use him for a bit of redistribution in our game. Mm. But it's his uh, two key three inch pulse. Every model in that pulse gets a uh, poison two marker against yeah. ninjas. It's amazing. Yeah, because there's nothing we can do to stop it. Oh look, you've got <laughs> camouflage. Oh, it doesn't matter. Doesn't oh matter. look, you've got disguise. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> your experience. So yeah, so round three was the two large zones, um, and that again when it first started, I was like, I can't see myself winning this. And um, he's got like ten temple models who are like yes, kryptonite for, yeah, who are like kryptonite for. Um, you just know this was. Oh, this, sorry. Oh, you said that the temple yeah, models. This was the, this. My bad. Um, uh, who I think came third or second? Yes, yes, it was third. Um, and so you had a lot of the kids and an air cami and also and Riku who can just blast you out with the zones. And I think actually I got really lucky in this game because my ninjas were just it were just resisting all of the water, um, which is good. I was getting fives and sixes almost every time for movement tests, so your size tests. So that that really helped. Um, so I got Ghost and Shizuka in t to go long onto the uh, enemy one, but wasn't really able to score it very well. I think by turn two, it was 2-1 to me, just on scoring from my 
my own one in turn one and then in turn two. Um, and blocking him from getting three in that. And then it all went a bit Pete Tom. So uh, he was able to get the second VP, but he'd overextended Koji, who was his fim. And so I think Rin just walked up, or Katsumi just walked up and obliterated him. Mm. And he couldn't kill Shizuka because I shadow moved her out of the uh, mess that he had put her in and dropped Katsumi in there instead, who just proceeded to <laughs> obliterate all of the monkeys and uh, monks and things that were trying to kill him. So I got the 2 1 in the end. Um, Round three, uh, four. round four was the three neutral zones. All yeah. in uh, this was Andy, wasn't it? This was Andy, yeah. And this prefecture. was also, yeah, his prefecture, which I played at your tournament, Ben, and yeah. uh, lost with Temple, got 3 0 Um So I wasn't looking forward to this. Uh, but again, he, he, he was trying to kill Rin, and it just wasn't working. Katsumi managed to kill yeah, his so this, big... This, this was his dog, which he tried to put into yeah. Rin, and she just didn't do the job. Yeah, well, I think it probably would have done if he'd just attacked instead of using the immobilised attack. Oh, fair. Um, I think if he'd just attacked twice, he may actually have got me. Um, because she was on one dice for both attacks in the end, but the second attack he didn't roll so strong. Yeah. Um, and I rolled a bit better on defence, so I only took one wound. Uh, and then she proceeded to not really take much damage throughout the rest of the, the game. Um, Katsumi killed his big guy, who was giving steadfast to all of the little guys that were failing to try and um, hurt Ghost. So they were frightened, but then they were properly frightened, so couldn't engage Ghost. <laughs> and yeah, I somehow managed by turn three and four to kill enough of his models that I was then actually scoring the points on the... Uh, Middle bit, so he scored the first one, um, I scored the second and third, so luckily that meant I got the 2-1 and enough points to be in the top. Well, what, what I find really interesting is that you came top at the tournament with uh, two 1-0s, uh, 2-0 and a 2-1. Uh, no, right? a 1-0, a 2-0 uh, and 2-2-1s. Oh yeah, hmm. but like no 3-0s, it's no really interesting. Yeah. Um, um, there seem to be actually not uh, up at the top table. There's not much three nilling happening. Like I got three nil in round four, but I was like yeah, down right the bottom. Stretch schedule's much harder then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um, I mean, it's just it's just interesting. But, but yeah, because I think Olaf went on to like get a couple of three nils and stuff. So oh, did he? that's why. Yeah, I think. Oh, they, they must, must have done have because, because they lost against you, so they had yeah. to yeah. so we can get up. I have had better, but yeah, no. It's, but it's it's nice to see that you can win. Without destroying your opponent in all in every game, yeah. which is good because ninjas just don't do that. And when you've only got four models, it's quite difficult to try and overwhelm and get that first VP. Yeah, but it's also nice to see that we we basically have a different faction winning every every major tournament. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think I think that's how it's. Have we had? Uh, we certainly haven't had a repeat faction at Grandmasters. We've had a repeat winner. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, because he, he uh, Chris won with uh, Jung last year, wasn't it? Yeah, well, his first one was Tengu, I think. Oh no, Savage no. Wave. It was Savage Wave. He's done Savage Wave and, and Jung at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forget. I think actually it was um, uh, James Lasker well, won with uh, with uh, Tengu. Yeah. That's in in any case, yeah. it's nice to see that it's not this is the faction you're playing if you want to win. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to bring back glory to the uh, ninjas. 
South Coast. Yeah. Yeah. And so that all games represent. You're not even a member, I don't think. But anyway, honorary. Yeah, he, he, there you go. He's played there. He's played there before, so he is a member. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I mean, I think the tournament generally was pretty good. The representation of factions. The only one not represented was Savage Wave, I think. Yes. Yeah. Weirdly, because they've been really strong. Yeah. Yeah. It was an interesting one. Uh, I was. Um, I was surprised by that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, three Ito, three ninjas, <laughs> which was three ninjas. I, thought, I knew there was two. Yeah. Three. Three. Yeah, three. Ninjas, three yeah. Definitely three. Yeah. Uh, two temple. There was only two temple, and I've got them game one and two. <laughs> you just have all the fun. Jesus. Um, was I the only giant? Two Minamoto. You were the only giant. Yeah. Yeah. Two Minamoto. Um, Tengu. Two Tengu. Yeah. So it was originally twenty-four players, and I think it went down to twenty-two after the first round. I thought you sold twenty-one tickets, and then twenty-three people turned up. Something yeah, they had a couple that. turn up that hadn't bought tickets. Yeah. No, I think they bought tickets at the booth or something. I don't know. It was weird. No, I'm not sure. the, the whole thing was weird. <laughs> anyway, we had there was twenty three players there. I think so. Eleven games every round, which yeah. is pretty good. Jason did say it was the biggest. Yeah, it's the biggest they had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we played with the with the round timers, like chess clock type. But it thing. made no difference to any of my games. Made very little difference. Uh, in one of my games, my opponent came down to having like three seconds, I think. Oh. Um, and in my fourth game. My opponent did time out, and I just said, "You've timed out, mate." And he was like, "Oh, oh, god, okay. What? Which one do you want me to?" I was just, like, just you were umming and ahhing about whether that guy was going to do a thing. You just hadn't declared anything. So just do it, do, do and he did it. Yeah. it. At that point, who cares? Yeah, it exactly. Um, yeah. Me, me and Andy didn't even bother with the timers. Yeah. We were like, we were both like, both of us play fast. We yeah. don't need to. Most of the time, I just forgot. But <laughs> even when I was using it, look, very rarely it took longer than 30 seconds. Like, mm, by the yeah. time somebody started doing something, I'm, you're already thinking about I'm, what you're that's doing. That's why I'm excited for, the, for the speed format, but that would be a different podcast. Yeah. I mean, the, time, oh, yeah, the, the way the time really, the thing that helps is you, when you, you, you're trying to make a decision, but based on a rule which you need to look up. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, wait a minute, I need to have a look in the book. Um, and then... It stops you spending too much time going. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll check this other rule as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it wasn't an issue for me because like, Minamoto just don't have rules. Like if you're not going to hit it, it's, yeah, they're currently like, pretty straight. They'll either shuffle yeah. or hit. Are you walking forward? Yes, no. Okay. Are you also hitting someone? <laughs> right. Okay. That was your options. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see where the Minamoto go with their further releases. I know. Oh, they definitely are... need some expansion. There's oh, just not enough there. Well, to... Yeah. I mean, obviously. But it's, yeah, you just don't have an. You don't have very many models at the moment. Which yeah. Is... I mean, the, the, there's and it, and the concept is simple. There'll be two more um, samurai at some point. Um, yeah, and is... there's two two unblessed, uh, like uh, mm. non non unique. Speaking of slight errata to to previous, uh, I just checked the junk. Yeah. Or the junk family of samurais. Oh, they are. Cool. So what you were saying is I was right. Yeah. Ah, oh, yes. I, sh- I should have kept. I should have kept quiet, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think there's also plans for um, another bear at some point. Yeah, there's supposed to be a big uh, golden compass style armored bear, wasn't it? Oh, you already got an armored bear. Well, a more armored bear. I'm going to go cagey now, but yeah, there'll, there'll be more stuff, obviously. Um, yeah. Cool. They um, definitely. I mean, they've got a bear, so the fact that there'll be more bears kind of go. Well, yeah. No, it's not a shocker. Yeah. So not, not, not really. Um, but do they? Do they get like bear cavalry? I, 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 I was trying to sell a samurai. Well, on my in, in my buy round, I was trying to sell Jason on my idea for uh, a shark a shaman. Okay. Well, I was clearly wasn't going to win the tournament. 
Um, so I was like, well, this is my best chance. I'll just bend his ear while we're not doing anything. I still want a 50 mil, um, like, whale man for the chance. I'd, I'd settle for that too. As a show. Um, either Maybe that, carrying a cannon. E- either that it's or the mistake. other thing I quite like for Jung would be like a giant water cami. Similar to Wraith. Like, that's, that's scale. Larger camis are... Uh, uh, they are a twinkle in Jason's eye at the moment. They're harder to write than yeah. regular cami. Yeah, I, I know. But like a giant like water Total cami type thing cami. Mm. Yeah, could be really cool. I look forward to more cami just in general because yeah. now it's like, oh, you can take fire cami. Well, at the moment, there's only one option. Yeah. But I'd be interested to see if yeah. there's additional options. Because, yeah. of course, if you get to take the water cami, you currently have two options. Morning Dew, which is the only one John can take. Yes. So there's, there's two options, but you can only have one of them. Sure. Um, oh no! Well, oh, John no. can only have one of them. John, no, because you also get sapping silts. They actually, uh, which I, I think is technically an earth cami. I think so. Yeah. But yeah. it's sort of an in, in, inter, intermediate between them. Yeah. So those are the two John can have. Yeah, and then, right, you're right. You need metal cami to come out because of the minimoto. Yeah, they can yeah. take fire and oh, and the reflection if yeah. you've got the. Uh, yeah. I it's interesting to see the way that they get access to Kami is by taking a model which grants them access because yeah. so they don't get Kami otherwise I like yeah. that I, I really like it um, I would like that to I'm, actually expand and have like lots of models which can bring Kamis that mm. would be really cool I like their blacksmiths I'm quite I'd like to see small blacksmiths the blacksmiths are the heart of the Minamoto yeah I'd like because they're like the two they've got Haru and Noan are obviously vastly different yeah but I'd like to, I'd like to see small you just want someone with a flamethrower Oh, wouldn't that be special? That'd be great. I want. I want to see template weapons in Bushido. That'd be great. No. no. Thank you to Mastercraft Miniatures for sponsoring this podcast. That's okay, mate. Uh, Mastercraft Miniatures produce shoulder pads and hands for Space Marines, Japanese scenery, uh, lanterns, and so on, as well as some animals like tortoises and birds and toads and things like that. Uh, I also stock miniatures for Eden, which is a post-apocalyptic wasteland game. Uh, they also, I also have some miniatures from Mal Miniatures and Golem Miniatures, uh, both really nice, but not for any particular game. You can find Mastercrafted Miniatures at mastercrafted.co.uk, at MC Minis on Twitter, and Mastercrafted Miniatures on Facebook and Instagram. We should also thank Narbicus for producing our intro and outro music. He's not anywhere on the internet, so you can't find him. Right, so I'm here with Jason and Andy of GCT Studios, sort of. I mean, you both... I am affiliated. Yes. This is actually part of it. I'm a, yeah, they, allegedly they pay me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, allegedly they pay me. No, they definitely do pay me. <laughs> Gordon. They do. They're very good at it, actually. Yeah. Sorry, Gordon. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a developer for Bushido. Um, and Andy's also a developer for Bushido now, really, I think. Yeah. yeah so it's a rules consultant or <laughs> staff adjacent. <laughs> so, Jason, you you do rules as a full-time job for Modiphius, don't you? Yeah, I'm with Modiphius now. And uh, you do GCT around that. And you've used Andy as a... Like sounding board for the rules, and then Andy's got more and more involved. Yeah, I think in I, this new edition, I think that start, might have started with the regular waves that we were doing, just the, the normal releases, and uh, possibly just didn't have somebody to do some of the factions locally to play test. So, I just messaged Andy out the blue one day and said, 
play test this it needs doing and he sort of said these things don't work immediately and, uh, so once once it was obvious that he knows what he's talking about I was like right we'll do these other things too so yeah. <laughs> it's got to help to have like someone who you can rely on for like bouncing stuff off and then immediately like yeah. cutting the, the I things you've missed I have no social life so you know, getting replies <laughs> quickly is easy my, my favourite couple of things I've done for the game was changing the system from tired exhausted rested to activation counters I remember discussing that with you uh, last year's Grandmasters I think it was quite a long time ago but that yeah. came about when I was going through and I wanted to try out Infinity and realised I could condense this rule book into 20 pages rather than four separate books <laughs> and one way to do I like the Bushido's double activation ticket right? how could I do that for a sci-fi game and came up with activation tokens the idea that you could take activate like one of the factions is going to help they could take activation tokens from each other mm. and chain it off and then I threw it all in the bin and then we went alright we're redoing yeah. Bushido it's like oh Oh, wait, sort of I have provided the, slight, the, the, the slightly less text-heavy solution to this. Yeah, it definitely makes it easier with things like uh, Vitality key feats. But anyway, yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about this new edition and uh, the, the playtest period and how that's all gone. So, Jason, why don't you sort of describe how you approached the new edition or what the intentions were? Yeah, well, it's, uh, the very start of it, when, when they first hired me, to uh, take over from Tolby doing the profiles uh, we Tolby hadn't done an errata for two years I think it was so I said oh, right. let's get an errata done for the newer models and the things that were supposed to be changed and by the time we finished the errata um, it was getting to be the same size as the rule section in the rule book which at that point you've got to think there's a problem here um, we fixed range attacks though <laughs> we did we had, we had to start from the ground up and rewrite range attacks entirely uh, yeah I remember going through because I took the errata a couple of times and integrated it with the PDF rule that was out there and yeah it got quite difficult for me to keep track of what I've actually what I put in at one point but uh, it was getting quite big like you're saying yeah so uh, obviously that's a massive barrier for new people when you say hey buy this rule book it's great or even just download the rule book for free but now you also need this errata document. It's not uh, it's not easy for anybody to join the game. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's there's some built-in issues there. There's something wrong with the game if that's if that's happening. It turned out all what was actually wrong with the game was five years old. Yeah. You, We'd had it so many ways. Many new profiles. You're trying to do new tricks to keep the game fresh. Yeah. So um, it, it did just need a refresh. So I put in a proposal to Gordon and said, I think we need a new edition. And list that is a two pages of A4 listing what we wanted to change. Yes, and it was all Ito. It was all just, just big, <laughs> the bravery Ito nerfs, yes. The bravery. Uh, bravery was one of them. I think uh, I, I used to have a spreadsheet for the old edition which listed uh, how many profiles had what traits and something like two-thirds of the models in the game had bravery. So yeah. there's obviously a problem there. If everything has to have bravery, then the core mechanic is, is a problem. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, one of the other things I said was we need to reduce the number of traits because they're all just things you have to remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that went really well. It went, it went fantastically. We got rid of 30 traits. Uh, and there are 10 more traits in the new book than there were in the old book. What I've noticed with the traits, though, is like some of them have been consolidated a little bit, um, like advanced deployment and scout are now like the one thing. And uh, Leap is the, the one I'm super happy with. 
Yeah, leap, leap and uh, fly became cloud walk. Like, so there's sort of been a streamlining, but then you've also opened up the design space with new ones, which were just things where you're like, oh, it'd be cool if this model had it. Oh, what about this other model as well? Oh, okay, enough models are getting it now that maybe we make it a trade. Yeah, so I mean, the, the obvious one for that is Fortune, which is the uh, one that a lot of Silvermoon. It's basically have. a faction mechanic which they, which never really grew on that many models, but it didn't come out yeah. enough models. So we put it on a lot more models to sort of make it a faction feature, yeah. and then it wanted to be a trait at that point. And obviously, we've also put in traits for upcoming factions. For like, I mean, there is a horse clan, so you know, if we ever do it, we need probably cavalry so we yeah. put cavalry in as a trait and of course putting cavalry in as a trait meant that you had to have you didn't need as much text on the actual cards and with Master Akisa who yeah. obviously had that whole move mechanic yeah, um, yeah. he's got so much stuff on his card anyway being able to just put one extra trait in and drop a paragraph yeah uh, as, as he was one of the ones that got the most text cut off him like um, contemplation of existence uh, it used to be a huge feet maybe five six lines mm. and now it's it literally just reads remove all activation tokens from this one encounters sorry from this mod target mod yeah because you have to worry about again because it's changing the turn yeah. all that lot uh, all the post uh, cheat test and it's all in the yeah because it's all part of the icons now yeah it's just a shame it's still called contemplation of existence because it's so <laughs> damn long thing on the card is a challenge but looks like looks like we've managed it Yes, but there's no mistaking. Uh, if you ever ask a player who's encountered it, they always remember it. No one, no one's going to forget that chief feat. Yeah, well, I remember when Adam did it to me recently uh, when we were doing some play testing. I was like, seriously, is that that's what happened? I couldn't believe how like unavoidable it was. I can't remember what it was like in the previous edition, but it's, it's near enough it's the same. Basically the same. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's that, just one of those mechanics just you come up against. Like, you what? terrible before. Oh yeah. Yeah, an actual play. Was pretty awful. I know Adam like, used him a lot for just moving key around. And stuff, yeah, but. that's essentially what people do. But let's say there's an objective because he couldn't become a lease. He couldn't get up to stop the opponent from interacting with an objective yeah. and stuff like. So if your opponent, if you were on the back foot against your opponent, he didn't have any way to help you make that comeback other than he can move chi. Now he can actually go. I can declare a melee on this guy yeah. and at least deal with him while the rest of the warband does things. I think one of the, I mean, going back to the cavalry trait specifically, uh, what I really like about it is that it reflects the speed of cavalry but also their maneuverability. But it's a really simple solution, so I like that. I, yeah, I hope uh, we get it, around to doing we, the horse we, clan. Yeah, we, um, I mean, we've been talking about cavalry models for a while and uh, I don't know if the horse clans uh, are coming up any time, but... Um, we wanted to do just some other cavalry models, and then so obviously we've already got the uh, the Bat Rider and the Neon Rider. Yeah. Um, but we didn't want uh, a samurai on a horse to be able to either shoot and then, you know, be able to run away eight inches or something on a yeah on a small board. Having a huge movement is obviously uh, dominating the board. Yeah. Uh, and if it's a melee guy and he can charge turn one or something, that's obviously also ridiculous. Yeah, difficult things to plan for I suppose but so yeah then uh, yeah, I, I was looking through cards and I was like oh Ikusa's got this ability that'll work for cavalry and then I realised that he in fact is cavalry yeah he's riding something that'll do <laughs> I, I know that Graham wants you to do uh, bear cavalry for the Minamoto <laughs> I told him he needs to place higher in the tournament then um, <laughs> so we'll see how that happens I think my favourite cavalry model though, is um, the uh, the two Bakamono who are with the drum Oh, is that cavalry? Uh, I hadn't yeah, noticed that. Because they ride the human that they've yeah, got to yeah, slay. Yeah. 
what is he, Cavalry 1 or something? Yeah, it's not a lot. <laughs> limping along. Okay, so the so the idea with this new edition was basically streamline it, make it more accessible for yeah, the, newbies. So that yeah, the, the main parts was uh, not just for newbies as well. Like the um, uh, even at the grandmasters events, uh, we get people who were unsure about the difference between the mechanic for a pause chi and fear as opposed to the combat mechanics. Of course, this is the thing. Like, I, I think I played Bushido for two years playing the uh, all the opposed tests wrong except for the two combat versions. So the fact that they're now consolidated, just it's worth doing. I know it's caused some problems with it's, fear yeah, for it, one key model. It models, does. I mean, things like fear, and dis- uh, well, not so much disguise because one one key models can't make disguise tests, but yeah. uh, even like things like move tests and size tests all had to change, and they don't work the way they did before. Yeah. Well, all but the target numbers have basically gone up by one, mostly by made. one. Um, but we, I, I, well, early on, I, I, I realised that this was going to be a massive change to the probabilities yeah. and just said well we're going to build the game around that and luckily late in the previous edition the swarms of low cost models had become a problem Yeah. so making it so that they were much more vulnerable to fear in a post key uh, was actually quite a good solution for it you know I mean especially when bravery and leadership are now like incredibly important so. yeah, yeah it, it means if you want to run like a prefectionist with lots of models You've got to commit to having leadership in there, otherwise you're going to be paralysed. Yeah, I do um, like that. Um, yeah, the leadership went from being like a nothing trait to like central to a lot of armies, yeah. which was good. Um, and you do have to have other ways of protecting you guys from uh, the opposed chi tests or whatever. So um, I think it's especially with something like uh, Itokinu coming out, um, those those huge hordes of low cost people. Are actually quite vulnerable, so yeah. um, it's. I can't really remember her rules. I haven't read them. She's got the one where she she can it's oppose chi on one model, and if it works, it puts two poison two on them, uh, and then goes to the next model, and yeah. you roll again. And as long as she keeps winning the test, so if you've got a Bakemono horde, she could possibly just put poison two on all of them. Excellent. I look forward <laughs> to trying that out. Um, but yeah, so it, was, it ended up being part of the balancing process, and every time a new group saw it, because I've been working on this for about two years, and then like last year we put it out to the retainers, and then maybe four or five months ago it went out to the public. Yeah, so it's been a, a pretty long testing period. Yeah, <clears throat> like you say, a year privately or closed, and then uh, and then opening it up. Has that been useful? Definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, it just no, sort of... it's been terrible. <laughs> You hate it when people have opinions. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it sort of took us a year to get to the, 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 the new book to the point where it could be shown to anybody um, and make any sense. Yeah. Uh, but then we yeah we gave it to the retainers and um, they they went on it pretty hard and sort of pulled up all the errors and balance changes and uh, suggested some new changes, uh, traits to be removed, added, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was a long process. And as, as it finally got to the end where they were finding the very small things that needed changing because everything, all the major stuff was good we then put it out to the public, the public and it sort of all started again and they were like yeah. oh no this is wrong and this whole thing is terrible the fear one for me was funny because we, we, we talked about all the target tests having to go up all the target numbers having to go up challenge numbers sorry um, and you, you know you talked about oh, you know, it changes the probability and what one key model is going to suffer it it goes out to the wider 
retainers, and then people are like, oh yeah, no, one, one key people are going to be screwed. And you're like, no, we thought about that, it's fine. Well, you've thought about that. And then it goes public, and then again, people are like, oh no, one key was like, we thought about it, just play it. Yeah, so the, the other thing was with the previous edition, a lot of people were just not taking anything that does a post key because there were, you know, when it was just, oh, I've got two dice, but you've got one. If you roll a six or a five, then I'm probably just going to fail here, even with yeah. two dice. Now, with two dice, you're very likely to beat them. Yeah. It just opens up the game to make all those things useful. So, like, people, you, you've seen a lot more Ito Shisai lists and yeah. um, cult bringing things that aren't just zombies. Um, yeah. Hooray! Yeah, because yeah, all those things are actually working now. And when you can put control tokens on models or... You know, remove activations and things like that. It's uh, it's actually worth bringing them. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the main the aim, other than the the accessibility and the streamlining, has also been to keep it bushido. Not, it's not a new addition for the sake of it. It's a new addition by necessity. So yeah, uh, keep the game feeling the same. But that was one of the early, very early bullet points as well. It was like it, it absolutely has to feel like playing the same game. Like yeah. if you watched a. a a new Dawn game and then watched a Risen Sun game and you hadn't played before you wouldn't notice that there was a new edition yeah. but if you played a new game and you've played the old one you should see all the uh, improvements that we made yeah I haven't had too much trouble uh, going from one to the other I mean it's, obviously I've been abreast of a lot of the changes as a retainer so I've, I've seen a lot of stuff so I'm more aware of it and normally when I get a new edition of a rulebook it takes me eight, I play a, it used to happen with 40k you'd play it and you'd be like you just do things because that's the way they were and then you feel like, oh no, everything, everything's changed. I haven't found that so much with Bushido yet, which has been nice. It's mostly just like profile changes were the big. The yeah, big oh issues. yeah, I have made some assumptions the mechanic, and then. Uh, yeah. Profiles. Like there's a lot of, you know, I'll get the crit check values wrong for some prefecture guys yeah. because they used to be zero, now they're one. Like, oh no, I'm rolling either too many dice, too little dice. Yeah. Well, I had a, a thing yesterday where my opponent had the same model as me, thought she was three key. And she's actually two, and I had it as two keys. So there's, there's a bit of a. Oh, that's I mean, he had a very, he had a much yes, earlier playtest. Um, she's still good. She is still good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of. That. I mean, I was doing it as well last time I was playing, and somebody was playing Temple, which always has been my faction, and um, I'd forgotten the changes we made to some of them, and just got surprised. But that's going to happen with every edition, I think, of every new game yeah. early on. Um, there was a couple of things. Like I, I made some decisions. Quite, I think one of them was your fault, actually. Um, <laughs> swapping Immobilised and Held. Oh, it's bugged me forever. I, I, I understand how it happened, because Immobilised was in there and then yeah. Held was added. Yeah. But they were named the wrong way around. They, yeah, if you think about it, they're absolutely backwards. But yeah. um, it's only existing players that are going to get confused and... It, they, that if did they play worry enough, me. they will. Uh, they'll, they'll remember. Whereas yeah. new players, it's going to be much easier for them to learn. Yeah. Um, when I suggested it, I was really worried that it would confuse. But yeah. I think the greater good. I did the same thing with the poison bleed numbers and that. They, the, yeah. the numbers got reversed because everybody's intuition is that they were the other way around. Yeah. Which there's no way to know when you just write the rule. Yeah. But after five years of playing it, we sort of all know that everybody picks it up and thinks it's the other way around. Yeah. I mean, speaking of uh, bleed and poison and stuff. the the streamlining of that mechanic has been, uh, as an Ito player, it's just been a lot easier because poison, in order for poison to really accelerate, you basically have to put enough wounds on the model to kill them. It's a little bit different with fire because you can put fire on without putting wounds on, but it's not so easy with poison. Um, 
I was very pleased when I killed a racker in sorry a ratter, <laughs> seven wounds in the end I'd phase. I'd be really impressed if you killed a racker. A racker with yeah. poison. <laughs> I reckon I could do it. I wouldn't have done anything else in the turn, and then you'd only get back up. So, but yeah, that's all been really good. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that you want to like talk about about the process of the new edition or like the tournament yesterday? How you felt all of that went? Went uh, really well because we, it wasn't actually going to happen. Because I think Gordon yeah, thought, oh, well, uh, between editions, it's not yeah, going to be that popular. Gordon said that for both um, this one and Gen Con. He said he, he didn't think people would play it because it's too close to the new edition. And I said, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, I, I think a big part of that has actually been the open playtest. So people are abreast of what's going on. They want to try it out, and it's it was the biggest. Grandmasters you've run, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it did sell out. We had uh, 24 people down. Uh, we had one no-show, which was uh, former champion Chris Hales failed yeah, well. to defend his title. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, two guys who sort of, they literally came to the booth the day before and we said, hey, there's a tournament. They said, oh, we'll, we'll show up then. But they uh, they could only come for the first round. Oh, But right. they both lost and there was two of them, so it didn't really matter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, that... I find it really funny that the bye player had like the highest tournament points after the first round because it's all 1-0s. I was, I was saying in our little debriefing that we recorded earlier with uh, the Silent War Gamers lot that Adam won the tournament admittedly with strength of schedule with a 1-0 win two 2-0 two wins and a 2-1 win. Yeah. Like no 3-0s. It's, um, uh, it's been the closest tournament in a lot of ways. Like uh, I think there was three people on 19 as well. Yeah. For, um, for me, if that's the future of Bushido tournaments obviously it's really early to call that. I, I, I think that's really good that's well, yeah, really positive I think, uh, I think Chris Hales has won twice with like four three nils I think Jesus um, and uh, I, uh, the, the other ones have been a bit closer but um, yeah this is this is really if, if this is what it's like in the future I think we've done a pretty good job in, with balance at least yeah um, there's still a, a few standout things but like I've been, I've been saying to people all weekend uh, if there is a bell curve and the middle is exactly balanced Having a few things that are just a bit better than that is what drives the meta game. Yeah. So that's like, as an example, if somebody thinks uh, the, the common one at the moment is death and decay, if somebody thinks that's far too good, then they might make a list that beats death and decay. Yeah. And if a few people do that, then the cult players might say, well, it's not worth taking death and decay then. And that changes the whole meta game because death yeah. and decay then drops out of it effectively. I can understand that argument. Um, I, I think the, the problem comes when you have things which fall way below the curve. And That's, you just never take them. Yeah, so that, that was, I think we focused more on that than balancing the powerful things. I mean, if you look at the, the power models in the previous edition, some of them even got better, to be honest. Um, we didn't, yeah. we tried not to tone down anything because, like I say, I like that. what, that's what drives the merit. We only toned down things that needed a fix, like that either didn't work with the rules or were, were way over the curve. Yeah. Whereas things like um, Kiyoshi, uh, Araka, I mean, you'll never, you never saw Araka. In the last edition no. at all, and he's a great model. Yeah, um, he's cool. And now I think uh, we, well, he was at the tournament yesterday, wasn't he? And, yep. um, that was yeah, good there was to a see. Death and Decay player, was there? I must have missed that. Uh, I don't know if he was in Death and Decay. Actually, I can't remember the list, but um, yeah, I can't remember what he was running. I didn't face him, but he was definitely there. Um, and yeah, there's a, quite a few. Uh, Tutsumi was the other one. Yeah, nobody ever used Tutsumi in last edition. And oh, the, he's the guy with the, like, the sort of the lute. Uh, yeah, I, don't know what the, the, I can't the, remember the name of the instrument. The blind guitar player monkey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we, I think we focused a lot more on those. Like if, if we'd never seen a model, then that was going to get worked on rather than oh, this model's in every list. We better tone it down. 
Yeah, because I mean, there were some special cards that you could get, which were alternate profiles, which were largely trying to fix yeah. either like things that were missing from the faction or basically profiles that were underused. So like Red Akamoto for the Ito. And actually, the new version of Akamoto is better than Red Akamoto because now he's got light foot. Oh, sorry, uh, yeah, lightweight on his uh, on his spit, which makes and he sense. And can actually move and use his chief heat. Yeah, and he's got some range on that spit. Like I can spit nine inches. That's impressive. Um, he's got a very thick neck. <laughs> he's got a very <laughs> thick neck. Uh, yeah, he listened. Uh, I mean, one of the other things I said was um, we're not going to have any model for the entire edition with multiple cards for the same model. Yeah. So uh, it, it can get confusing. It's, I mean, it, it wasn't ever really a problem, but it could be. Um, like, if, if uh, I, I thought you had regular Kenko, I didn't realise it was North Tree. Yeah. That means he's going to regenerate. I wasn't expecting that. Um, and it's it's not great for your opponent when, you know, a, a model that they they can recognise the model, they know what it does, and then all of a sudden it does something different. Yeah, so we, I did remove all of those, which which has uh, resulted in a few factions losing important profiles. So I think, yeah, I mean, there's uh, definitely a couple of... People might have a couple of redundant models now. Like, uh, you might have a generic Burakamin for uh, yeah, Cult. Yeah, Cultist of your eye. Who you probably uh, bought a Silver Moon model for that or something. Yeah. Um, but I think it's actually minimal, the impact of that. And not too annoying, that person might just start a little Silver Moon force or something. You know? I don't think it's a big deal. I, I think there's been quite minimal casualties. Yeah, we, 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 did, we were conscious that people have bought models, and so we didn't want to change who could use them too much. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to invalidate anything, really, but uh, there, was a, there was a couple of things. The, um, the, the Cultist of Uri and the Rose, the generic Rose, yeah. were the two ones that we're going to do something about. So uh, the upcoming starter set for Cult has got three named Burakumin. So rather than having yeah. two unnamed ones on the cultist, you're going to get three new named Burakumin who should replace it to some extent. They're not, none of them are identical to it. but They've got some interesting, uh, unique effects, which I'm looking forward to people uh, yeah, I've, seeing how they can I've not had as many them. responses as I wanted to the, uh, the hairdresser one because... Um, <laughs> The, uh, That's because people are happy with their haircuts, Jason. That's, yeah, good. Um, so to be honest, I wouldn't want her cutting my hair. So no, it, well, basically, I, mean, I, don't, I think it's all right to say her feet is um, every time I'm, you do an opposed cheat test. Every time the target takes damage for the rest of the turn, they take one more damage. But I realised at some point that that is exactly toughness minus one. Uh, yeah. Um, and so that's so I've gone out to the retainers. Does, does this make sense? So you in, intuitively know what it means when it says the model gains toughness minus one, because I think that also helps with the interaction with toughness. It makes it more clear. Yeah, I I wouldn't expect too many questions based on that. I, I mean, maybe some people might say, "Is this a typo?" But you're not going to be giving out toughness one to anyone on the opposing faction. Yeah, so, so I mean, we yeah. might even. I mean, it's a starter set model, so it's got the traits listed. We might do some. Like in brackets, italics, text, just saying toughness minus one means this. Yeah. Because we can use it in future then, and it would still be. It's, it's a lot more elegant to say it that way than it is to have it. I mean, you could put a very, a very slight adjustment of the, the rules of. or the wording of toughness on the card, just in. like modify the number of wounds taken by the number, and then that, that sort of. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think the rule book covers it. 
oh, uh, because I, I wrote the rule book while I came up with this. Ah, cool. But I didn't know whether it was good in a starter set or not. So yeah, I'm um, looking forward to all the rules posts about non-clamature though from Tenji. <laughs> yeah. Which was this? It's just cheapy. It says target a disguise model. That's the only text on it. Right. But when you target a disguise model with a cheapy. That triggers the disguise test, so that's yeah. that's all Tenchi's doing with it. She's just saying that person's wearing disguise, and it's it's a really long range feat. So you can sort of go, oh, you've got a disguise model over there. Well, you know, she's there to find these uh, uh, things like Yamauba and things like that. That's her job. She's so yeah. she's uh, she can this find like them. an amazing version of detect. Yeah, yeah. but okay. so she has to make the test still. Oh, okay. But it's twelve inch range, so she can get she can make sure that your disguise is. You really should have to make the test hmm. very early in the game, and I mean, that's basically a job. But it does just say target uh, dis- enemy disguise model, and everybody's saying shouldn't this have some effect? You know, you target them, it doesn't do anything. But I'd, every time we tried to come up with wording for it, it was technically incorrect. <laughs> um, it just look clunky. Oh, look! Yeah, and then I, I, I sort of just decided I quite like the elegance of just having that one line, and people work out what it does. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, it might become a popular forum post or Facebook post, but yeah, it's be, being the How day zero of play. <laughs> oh hell yeah! My, yeah, that's my least favorite. Uh, yeah, post. well, <laughs> that's partly partly my fault, or at least GCT's fault. We we need to get a, a, yeah, a proper a document website. That, uh, that you can click on the factions and it tells you what they do. Yeah, um, I mean, if you do a search on the forums or on Facebook, the uh, you, you will find older posts, which largely hold true. If anything, you, you know, in fact, we haven't talked about this, but like the factions now feel more like their archetype, archetype that, you, that guides them. Yeah, so that was one of the things that I think um, uh, Ito and Tengu, especially, yeah. when they were released, they sort of like put a bit of everything in and because it was a new faction to add on to the ones that were there. Yeah. And so they didn't have the restrictions that the other factions had. So like uh, Ryu don't use opposed chief feats or um, things like that. Like Cult can't have channel, which is a separate issue. But those restrictions are as important as the things that you can do in a faction. Um, so like especially when I made Minimoto, it was basically made of restrictions. Like There are no movement increases. There are no out of activation movements. Mm. They can't have heal. They can't have channel. Uh, there's a few others that are restricted to specific models for whatever reason. And um, I think that that informed the faction much more than they're a faction of people in armor, which was what yeah. the, the other half of what they have. The cool stuff they do have, they can have armor four or maybe five. Um, <laughs> oh, the, I'm yeah. so pleased to hear that, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thrilled. Um, That's why parrots flail away with the minus one modifier on their weapons. So, uh, yeah, so I mean, again, Ito and Tengu were the ones that changed most, but it was all about making sure every faction had a, a good identity yeah. so that we knew what that faction was doing and what it was going to do on the table. Um, yeah, so, so it'd be uh, worth getting that up on the website. Yeah. Along with, because uh, there's already like descriptions of their backgrounds and their motivations. So. And those are in the rulebook as well. Yeah. So we can, uh, when, the, when the PDF comes up, people can look at that easily enough. Yeah. It's but almost yeah. like you need a sort of uh, how to start page. You click on that and it's just like, these are the play styles, a couple of photos and the models. Because for me, when people say, oh, how do I start with Bushido? Where do I, like, like what do you, how do you reckon I approach that? I always say, 
I'm a, I'm a sculptor, so I go look at the models, look at the ones you think look cool, buy their starter set or just buy those models. Because every Bushido faction can be adjusted in a direction that might favour your playstyle more. And even if you find out that the playstyle doesn't suit you, there's only one starter set that you bought. Like You haven't dropped 200, 300 quid on a massive army. So I just say, like, play a cool thing, see if it suits you, and then go from there. That's how I blundered into junk. Yeah. Yeah, and also, I mean, we do have all the cards and all the rules for free. So yeah. if you did want to, like, check everything out before buying, it's pretty easy to do. But, uh, yeah, the... Uh, the faction identities are much more fixed down. Um, I think the Eto one was the biggest change. Um, I remember uh, talking with Andy about it last year at the UK Games Expo and being horrified that he was talking about taking the uh, two wounds off of the the heavy mimen. Yeah. Or the heavy. Whichever way around it was. Yeah. Heavy mimen. Taking off two wounds, losing light footed, uh, losing steady or changing it to jump up. Those are the big ones. I. And I was were, initially concerned about them, but actually, I think it's what's really well. Great, sorry, they were also victims of the great bravery cull of 2018. Yeah. yeah, I never thought that the Eto should have been like just based on their background should have been a faction where everybody had bravery, which they kind of did. Yeah, they're sneaky, cunning, so, somewhat. Yeah, I, I don't see them sacrificing themselves for the greater cl- like clan good. Really. Yeah, so I, I quite like that. Now um, you, you need those leadership models because you need the guy in charge to force you to go and sacrifice yourself. <laughs> Yeah, and it's um, actually turned because I used to think Lords of Izu was really not a great theme. Uh, I, I, I ran it at the last Masters because I, I'm a masochist. But the new one, that Leadership Plus one, um, makes it a really viable theme, especially if you take Satoshi and it doubles up and stuff. So I'm interested yeah. to. I've got, yeah, I've got a I theme mean, in mind. Uh, well, I mean, what was one of the things that I was worried about, but I think I played it quite a few times, and I played it with Temple as well, was the Poison Ignores Tough in the end phase yeah. which seems really powerful but it, it worked out okay I think and but you're then using the models which have limited access to poison compared with the blessing that's true so yeah. um, the other thing I liked about Eto was the models that kept bravery were the very low ranking ones so they're like the true believers uh, who are still like uh, it's the temple bushi still have bravery and interesting. they're like the low ranking guys who really you know they, they're working as hard as they can for the clan and for the uh, for Orochi Whereas the ones at the top are the ones who are scheming and want to stay alive because they want the power and willing to sacrifice the others. I like that. It also means that you, if you take Jiru or someone with leadership or the or the theme with uh, the leadership, it also means they're your best bet against things which are causing fear because they're getting uh, the bonus well, and the reroll. The special card designs were um, made a conscious effort to put some sort of anti-fear uh, special card type in every faction or some. It doesn't have to be like big fear tech, anti-fear tech, but like, for instance, like beneath the skin is uh, Ito clan sort of my quick anti-fear yeah. option for, and perhaps you're going to use it on Heavy Me Man, but, you know, it's better than I just turned up on the battlefield and uh, I have no method of coping with a fear six model. Yeah. Please help. I think I think if people are worried about fear, like, there's ways of them prepping for it. Yeah. Um, That's it. They, they, um, I mean, before it was just like you, you wouldn't, you'd never consider it as a huge uh, issue when building a list or anything like that. But now, if you think you need to play against it, there are remedies to play into rather than just hoping you roll well on your dice and yeah, everybody yeah, having sure. bravery. So, but it, that's, yeah. that's the prefecture. 
oh, prefectural have bravery and leadership and often steadfast. <laughs> Mostly Rally. that's how I'd say my war band, it's my anti-death and decay one. <laughs> I actually kind of wanted to see you come up against death and decay with that. You did at uh, my tournament, I think. It's, uh, it's a very even matchup, very even. Yeah. It usually deter- it's usually determined by whether I fail a push attack with the Yariman or not. <laughs> and if the Yariman fails, my warband will die. Sure. It, it comes down to literally that one interaction during Single the game. Single point of failure sort of thing, yeah. yeah. I think so uh, just one Cairo run up, and I roll a double one in attack, and I just like, oh, okay, all right, I'm about to get swarmed and turned into a risen. Fantastic news. Yeah. yeah, sometimes Shido can hinge on that one, like that one bad roll, but I, I quite like that to be honest. So, you've got a blog that you don't really talk about, and you yeah. actually talk it on your blog, which is uh, <laughs> the Jumo Ring. The Jumo Ring. I think it's just jumo-ring.blogspot.com. Yeah, I think if you Google the Ju- Jumo Ring, you'll find it. But it's got an explanation of your recent uh, Yeah, it goes through just sort of how I design my lists or general yeah. thoughts on Bushido. I try not to talk about what we're actually designing and, and sure, working yeah. on. I'll just say we're working on stuff. Cool stuff. It's great. Trust me. <laughs> yes. Uh, you like dropping like uh, cryptic hints every yes. now and then, which I enjoy. I, but... I, I run a lot. I run a, a weekly roleplay game, so you know the, the villain in me can't resist, you know, effectively monologuing on my own blog. Yeah, you know, I'm vain enough to have a blog, so why will I not? Why would well, I not? You've travelled quite. I'm like you've gone to three tournaments. You live in uh, Glasgow. Glasgow, and so you've you came to a tournament on the south coast of England. Yes, and then you went to Rotterdam. Yep, and then you've obviously the the NEC, which is uh, not too bad in Birmingham. Well, the but. thing about the traveling down thing it's, it's for me it's surprisingly convenient because my parents lived or still live in Chichester so it's, just around the corner really just around yeah. the corner from Portsmouth my significant other lives in The Hague so that's ah. not a big train journey to Rotterdam yeah yeah so I just got trained to just conveniently located place. tournaments and then all the over one in November maybe was it yeah, I can try and do one in Bromley, I think, yeah. um, at War War Games. Yeah. So I've got an aunt who lives in London. So you know, all these tournaments are immensely convenient for me to... I love it. Yeah, slum it up with a random family member or associated person of note in my life. So it, it's immensely convenient, yeah. If there are tournaments in Germany, I'm just like, well, I'm sorry. I don't know anyone who does Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough luck. That's been good, though. But, yeah. but it's been great in that... Uh, I got a lot of tournament games with, like, my prefectural. Jim doesn't like playing against it because it's past token central and he was playing the tireless version of Death in the Cave we've got. So it turns into, you know, I've got 30 past tokens and you've got 10 tireless models. Let's just stand and stare at each other for half an hour and then there'll be a flurry of activity right at the end of a turn. Yeah. So I didn't get a lot of games against that, but. Also, the variety of opponent was really nice to have. It's very interesting where you go to different metas and you discover that people play just completely differently. I'm really surprised. For all the comments I've made about this rice ball barricade, <laughs> that I was the only person here who brought it. Yeah. See, we should have made it FA3. That would have been fine. I know, it would be good for <laughs> I would just put one in each turn in that last with, game. With those new terrain mechanics, like uh, I really like that, and it's actually quite quick at the start of the game of the tournament. And uh, it's obviously it's critical for your your hair clan, but uh, I found that 
yeah, interesting, especially against ninjas. I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to put some terrain all down the table edge. You're not going to hide from anything and still beat me. Yeah, um, I'm surprised. Like, I, my opinion with the terrain placement, I think 40% of the game revolves around being able to place terrain to help your warband function. Yeah, so I should probably say for that, I don't know if you said in the other thing, but yeah, this, this tournament, uh, the terrain was left next to the table, and at the start of each game, the players would set it up in the usual way rather than come to a table with the, the, the terrain all set up as you usually do at a tournament. Uh, we thought we'd try it out, and uh, I'm waiting for feedback on the forums and the uh, Facebook. So I think it's really good. I, I do wonder if maybe the minimum placement number should be one fewer, uh, but that's that that will sort of emerge after over time. I think and you can adjust that for different events anyway if you if you feel the need. I suppose. Like when I played against Mr. Goddard and uh, in our Portsmouth, that terrain placement was critical because he couldn't put his haunted well anywhere except basically next to my deployment zone because I yeah. clogged the wall with so much terrain at that point because I don't want to fight against death and decay I want them to come at me in narrow channels and, yeah. and you know block up all those those Kairai if there's one Kairai in the channel it's not coming through I'm not getting six Kairai eating my one poor samurai Yeah. so uh, I think about 40% of the, the game is knowing how to place terrain uh, to benefit your wall bank with this combination thing um, like I said, if you're playing against ninjas, you want to spread that terrain out and yeah. you know, make sure there's lots of wide open space. Obviously, the ninja players doing the opposite to you and you know, cramming big rocks next to any objective and or zone. Yeah, just completely block off the centre of the table so that no one can shoot like anyone who's going to move forward and stuff. So yeah. it makes it yeah, it adds an extra little layer at the beginning of the game. So, I quite liked it. It did take up a bit of time, so I'm not sure we'll do it next year, but it's. In the new tournament pack, everything like that is, is listed as a variant. Ah, so yes, you can either, notice, yeah. yeah, you can either set up the terrain yourself and leave it, or you can make the players do it every round. There's quite a few variants in there. Some of them will be interesting, I think. I'm really looking forward to Hombashu. <laughs> really looking forward to it. Have you read that yet? Which one's Hombashu? Is it the, the new format? It's a one-foot table. Yes. Vim yeah. only. <laughs> Yeah, so, when the Vim has to kill the other Vim, is yeah, that right? The, the only way to win is for your Vim to kill the enemy Vim. Ah, but and what happens if you use like Yatsumaki as your Vim? You don't kill the enemy, but they die to poison from your Vim. If they die to poison, you both lose. Oh, alright. Well, Anything uh, other than um, an effect on your Vim destroy, it kills uh, the enemy Vim, and both players lose. And yeah. it's, uh, there's no ownership of a poison token, I suppose, no, is there? That's so. It's not something we yeah. track. That's so. real query right now. <laughs> it's um, on record, of course. Yeah, so it's it's not going to be the thinking tactical, um, you know, uh, test of skill that the the other one is. It's going to be a mad frantic rush to yeah. kill the other guy before he kills you. So I'm I'm interested to see if, if people do take up on this if they enjoy it. Tenbatsu and Yatsumatsu um, will be king of this particular scenario. I well, reckon. I'm wondering, like, I mean, are we going to look be looking at like Minamoto uh, tough guys to stand in the middle and not get killed by the enemy, or maybe? Surely, if it's about killing one model with one of your models, ninjas must rule this this entire format. Like, you've got yeah. to assassinate a guy with your head guy. Well, that's what the entire faction's for. Yeah, I think we might uh, we might try doing a few games of that uh, down at the club. It'll be a bit of diff- different, bit of change of pace after this yeah. tournament and things. That's, so. that's the other thing. I was I was kind of hoping that next year at uh, Expo, I don't know about costs and things, but if we could do that on the Sunday. 
it's like everybody's gears up for the big expo tournament and then you know you, you play it it's quite tiring and then if you play that the day after you're still playing some Bushido but it's it's a lot more fun it's a bit frantic and yeah. it doesn't take very long because you only have 30 seconds to declare your action and it's an hour <laughs> per game so my action is hit that thing that's probably how I'm going to go for that <laughs> I can't see anyone bring like opposed to you related oh I'm running three side. oh definitely I need to channel hold on yeah oh I can see someone bringing some channel yeah you got feed Kenzo but you know I, I can see sort of Tengu you know just bring one channeler uh Zembo and just every turn just I shoot you of him I shoot you of him I shoot you of him yeah yeah Oh, Master Enos. I've not actually checked the timing on it. What happens if you go Kusatsu attack? Uh, the enemy you move both models and play it, then you resolve the... You'll go to the end phase default one, didn't see both lose, I think. Um, well, I uh, yeah, well, it depends how you word it. That's, so I'm you'll not, have to I'm change the wording, the wording so it works for <laughs> whether it's Whether it's killed or removed, I suppose. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I mean, if it's if you say you, know, you have to kill the model, Prefecture are kind of stuffed. Yeah. Like, ah, I did... Yeah, it will be killed or removed. Oh, of course, crit strike, yeah. But I don't know if it's... I can't remember Goku Satsu, whether it's remove both or if it's remove the enemy, then remove Master Enos. Uh, so, it doesn't matter. It's, one day either I way, will it's fuck control token and Master Enos. One day. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've, uh, we've been talking for about 40 minutes. Oh, right. Um, slightly over your, your Well, I thought, thought it was going to be 20, so, yeah. Um, I'm sure we've been waffling enough. You can edit it down. I've got, I'm, I'm not editing. I haven't got time for that. <laughs> Um, I I do have some other stuff I want to talk about like uh, the star set boxes and stuff but I might try and get Gordon on the phone at some point to, uh, yeah. to go over the thought process there and I know that you've you've been working on like scenarios within or let's quickly talk about it so you've, you've, each each of the starter boxes for the faction has got what like uh, a three model list and a four and a five uh, yeah, is well, the intention uh, uh, no just a three and a five, oh, three and uh, five. The, okay. yeah the idea is you can play the, uh, anybody's got a 40 rice 3 model list and then the full 75 rice 5 model list and then there's also some special cards so you can then play the 75 rice list with some extra events equipment whatever it happens to be for your faction and that's also a part of easing people into it yeah so it? Um, same as having all the rules on the back of the starter set cards yeah and we, we're hoping to put like a mini campaign introduction thing on the website at some point where it sort of says you know you can play the three versus three then do the five versus five then choose which uh, special cards you want and use the theme that comes with every mm. starter set um, and all these cards will be in addition to the card pack that's coming out so um, you can buy the starter set and the card pack but there's no overlap you're not wasting any money yeah, cool. uh, and, and again if we do any new factions then that will come with new special cards and if we do any new boxes for existing factions they will also come with new special cards Okay. So it's a, a good way to get new, new cool stuff into the game as well. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the seasonal? Um, I think people. Yeah, yeah. I think people. Have, if you've got time, I don't know. Um, yeah, we could give it another five minutes. People, yeah. people, people have heard about this before. Like, um, I, I think we're going to rename them because I think people have kind of got the wrong end of the stick. But the idea is that we want to bring out um, a deck of special cards for every faction and some running ones every year and um, whether the mechanic is that you can only use them for that year or you can you have to choose which one you want for your faction or for your list that you build so like if you if you get this year's one and then you go oh, I like this card from next year's 
you can't have them both. You have to choose which set you want. So it's almost like having special cards which have uh, what's that hatred rotation thing. Oh they yeah, have ha- yeah. Hatred yes. for all for other all seasons. Others, yeah. yeah. Oh, we can just add that. No need to write restriction. Just hatred. <laughs> all other cycles. Um, that's interesting. So I, I think uh, I originally spoke to Gordon a few a couple of years back, and he was talking how. Oh, no, it might have even been Toby, but the, the original idea was to actually have the story moving forward and new things coming out all yes, the time. Finally. That but, was a great conversation we had on Skype a while ago. But it's, it's so logistically hard to do, isn't it, for such a small company? Like, Yeah, so uh, one thing you might notice is when you get your cards, because um, I'm sure everybody's pre-ordered, uh, the special cards now, um, I don't know if all of them do, but most of them... We tried just, to get all, but we missed. Yeah, the I, I don't think so. we. Yeah, I don't think we needed to do all of them really, but some of them just aren't interesting in that way. Um, but they they all have little flavor text on the bottom, yeah. so it's either a quote from a, one of the characters or just something about the card itself, or um, or just a random piece of thing from the Joir Isles. Um, that, that's something I think that it would it would really pay off to to surface more is the background of the Joir Isles and the individual background of the models. Um, I'd actually like to see the full concept art on, on the store uh, because you get the watermark and the profile like frame, but all that sort of stuff just adds so much more flavour to the setting. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we can get it out. We've got a few ideas to, to get more of that out and to write more and, and to advance the story at some point. And, uh, hmm. You'll see that going. I mean, one of the things we've done is that Hiroto's um, returned to the Joir Isles yeah. um, and he's sort of bimbling around following an Oni for some reason. Um, and his story's going to progress, uh, which will lead up to the the final faction from the previous edition that was that in the rule book. Uh, I think everybody knows it's coming eventually, but it's sort of his story will will lead up to the release of the she Yeah, I, I really like that idea of uh, yeah, introducing him narratively. Cool. I think we should maybe wrap it there. Yeah, we'll have to talk about other things another time. Yeah, yeah, we'll sort out uh, some kind of. Skype thing or whatever but not Skype because I hate Skype um, yeah okay well thanks for uh, joining me yeah it's been good um, so I hope you enjoyed the tournament and the yeah it was awesome thank you for running it I enjoyed getting my ass handed to me repeatedly <laughs> had big ideas after I got a 1-0 victory in the first well, round you did say you knew a bit of masks taking old edition Lords of Izu how would this edition be any different <laughs> <laughs> yeah but if anybody did go to the tournament and has got any any feedback on the clocks the uh, send it to Gordon <laughs> uh, what else do we, oh, the, to- the two new scenarios or um, anything else that's set it up terrain uh, put it on the Facebook or the uh, the forums I'm pretty good at answering things on those so. yeah get a bit of discussion going on um, um, at some point soon we'll put up the tournament pack everybody can have a look cool uh, yeah All right. See you next time. Thanks for the interview, Ben. Catch you later. Find Robot Dice Explosion at robotdiceexplosion.com, at rde underscore podcast at Twitter, and Robot Dice Explosion on Facebook.